guys and girls, and welcome to episode 159 of the F Reality Podcast. Get ready for an injection of hype juice as we discuss this week's top VR news. We're going to be talking about an awesome hidden feature in the Oculus Quest 2. The HB Reverb G2 gets a shipping date. A new patent hints at new PSVR controllers are in the works. SideQuest gets a cash boost from Palmer Lucky himself. We'll be discussing the latest VR first-person shooter, Solaris, with our special guest, Shabs, from First Contact Entertainment. And to round up the show, Zim has got some awesome releases for you to look forward to next week. There is a really excited one that I'm super hyped for. Can't wait for that. But for now, let me introduce you to the team and find out what's been their highlight of the week this week. And also let us know what you played in the chat so we can read out some of your highlights too. First up to the plate, this guy will hold the control point and it will put up a good fight when his gun is working anyway. It's the one and only Rowdy VR. How you doing? <laughs> I, I, I'm doing all right. Yeah, like exactly. Like I, I did do my best and my gun wasn't working all the time. That was mostly my fault because I had no idea how to shoot the bloody thing. <laughs> but no, I, I think I think it was it was indeed a highlight for me. I'm sure that we'll be talking a lot about it uh, during this episode, considering we have uh, our special guest on here. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking that a few of us might have it as a highlight as well. But it's been also the only game that I played uh, this week it was the uh, kind of like the the pre-release version of uh, of uh, Solaris and uh, yeah we had a, we had a ton of fun we played it with uh, a couple of other VR creators and we absolutely beat their ass like uh, that's true there that's true no yeah, match did. whatsoever no matter what they said because they came with excuses afterwards you know like yeah. oh yeah but we were three to four like it was only the last round that they were three to four so no like it, it doesn't work that way they had Viper they had Frank which is no part of the team <laughs> Yeah. And they still couldn't beat the F reality team. Yeah. Flex boys. Enough. Yeah, exactly. Flex they had boys. the lonely viper. Like that that in itself, you know, I was worried going in that they were gonna completely annihilate us. And he did play very, very well. Uh, and they had Gamertag VR, both very good players, but um but they were more focused on killing us where we yeah, were yeah, more yeah. strategic <laughs> and actually were holding the, the control points. point and getting the yeah. points. So we, we were, were winning clearly, the rounds. We were, we were clearly the brains of the operation. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally <laughs> we, agree. We, were, we yeah. weren't going for the KD, you know, the nice KD that everyone always wants to no, shine with. We no, we weren't trying. No. We were, putting, we were putting points on the board. That's what yeah. we were worried about. Oh. Uh, very true. Very true. But yeah, we're going to be talking more about Solaris later on. Um, I think that's pretty much all of our highlight of the week this week. <laughs> yeah, but we'll true. talk about that later on. Um, so let's move on to the next person I want to introduce. And this guy... He's always got his head in the clouds, especially when exploring strange planets in virtual reality. <laughs> so you're a streamer, Zimtok5. How are you doing? Good, Mike. Good. Yeah, head in the clouds always. Um, I think it's going to be stuck there for the next month or so, I'd say. So uh, my highlight, God, there's too, there's too many things to highlight. This this last yeah. week has been feckin' fun. Like, we've I've had just so much good fun. Uh, so I'm going to give little little snippets like uh snickers minis uh is, is is my thing so the first one you guys mentioned solaris teaming up together was fantastic that game is it's ridiculous like i i'm a quake guy i'm an unreal tournament guy and someone in solaris said oh that ages you buddy and he's like at least mm -hmm. i know you're you know my age so we'll talk about that a little <laughs> bit later but um the fluidity of that game is brilliant uh the other thing i played which we mentioned last last week was vox machina which is a way better a game than I even remembered it being. They've got giant, like, dune sandworms and stuff in that, and going mech-on-mech mech combat is just so good. You're limping along with missing a leg or something, and I, I am definitely going to be setting up, like, a, a social thing to do that more regularly because that game feels, like, 
double a to me it's it's amazing i, I watched the fun. majority of of your stream of that and indeed like also the the visuals of that game are just <sighs> so yeah. well done the environments they really feel like you know this kind yeah. of you know uh, like lone planet where like all life has been like mm-hmm. taken out but like these giant mechs like roam yeah. the land oh, it's oh, like and it's, don't it's, don't forget the board computer the board computer is crazy awesome too the cockpit in, in, in itself is yeah. great yeah. the thing that the thing that really got a lot of people into it uh which i wasn't expecting to be an immersive uh mechanic that was so cool is just the radio system because you're talking yeah. to each other with voice. Oh, when you wow. pick up yeah. the microphone, right, and you hold, <laughs> have to hold it like you hold it to your mouth, like like you're like a truck driver, right? And and then there's an animated character of all the people talking, um, and it really just does the immersion. But like the rocket volleys, you spec out your mech, and it's your mech, and even just like running and ramming a mech into another mech is one of the things you can do, one of the tactics that works. God damn, that's a great multiplayer game. Um, and the last thing I'm going to mention, just because, as a lot of you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Switch fanboy and I do a lot of co-op gaming with my family. And I found one that uh, Mike will uh, remember, and he and I have both boosted this game. Carrion is a game that, mm. like, where you can be the bad guy. I found a game that, like, is, a, is, is the love child of, like, Carrion and Left 4 Dead, this, like, indie mm. little game called Crawl. Okay. So C-R-A-W-L. Basically, you're a, you're a guy who's almost like... Um, I don't know, a person like in The Exorcist or The X-Files and you drop down into this dungeon. And the, the the catch here is it's a local game, three versus one. So there's like three bad guys of all different types. You've got foxes, giant fishes that vomit and all this kind of stuff. That's controlled by the other player and you're the main player and they're trying to kill you. If they manage to kill you, uh, they swap bodies with you. And so the whole time you're trying to be the one who escapes, be the soul that lives and again, it's got that lovely like back and forth, bad versus good, uh, Left 4 Dead style and dungeon crawler. I've never seen a game done so well. I spent a couple hours in that this morning with my family. So that's crawl. If anyone's really looking for a, a Switch couch co-op game, that's amazing. Nice. And is that online multiplayer or is no, it local only? No, that's the one local. reason I think I have not heard about it. It is only it. local. So you got to have people mm. around you. So if you got a family or, or, yeah. or a dorm room full Do of people. Do you have a family? Yeah, that's, a, that's a first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved. I loved it when he was talking about Vox. It sounded so dirty. You were like, "Oh, that that hot mech on mech action." <laughs> I was like, That's "Oh amazing. yeah, nice, dude." I, yeah. I like. I went back through my reviews. I was like, "I gotta upgrade this to a buy," and I already had it marked as a buy. I'm like, yeah, you're like high fiving myself from two years ago. It's such a yeah. good game. Vox is so underrated. Amazing. Good, good recommendation. That is Vox Machina. If you missed it first time around. Um, okay, next up. This guy can't wait to return to Rapture in Half-Life Alex. It's the big daddy himself. It's the one and only. It's Nathy, of course. How you doing? Yeah, you're right. There is now a mod for Half-Life Alex in where you can return to Rapture and fight. Bioshock. Well, not not yeah. big daddies just yet, but who knows, maybe in the future, but there's still like headcrabs everywhere and it's 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 not less creepy for sure. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I saw this uh, this week. Uh, someone sent it to me. Like everyone knows, I'm a big fan of of, of Bioshock. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't tried it yet, uh, sadly. I'm, I'm just too busy with the quest too, just like you. But uh, it, it looks great. I'm definitely gonna cover it. I mean, there are no excuses. If you say you're a fanboy, you gotta deliver your fanboyism mm-hmm. to the people. Yeah. So, um, so I will definitely try it. Um, and uh, besides that, yeah, of, of course, like Solaris has also been my highlight. I haven't really played anything else, to be honest. Um, but what I'm most excited for is, so uh, a couple of months ago, I ordered myself a new electric bike. 
and it mm. seems like it's almost arriving because this week they had a the first shipment in Europe arriving in Rotterdam. Um, and uh, it seems like next week they are going to send them out from the bike store in Amsterdam because um, they have a store now. So it's it's really nice. So I'm super duper excited for it. I'm also happy in a way that it's delayed a little bit because I was Otherwise. worried that that I was going to get a quest too. And every like seriously, everything else that then arrives at your doorstep is not relevant for a moment because everyone wants to see you making videos about the Quest 2, right? So I was like, mm-hmm. no, please don't deliver my bike in the same week because then I have to keep it in the box. And, I, and I'm like, because dude, like I, like I like the Quest, I like VR headsets, but an electric bike, screw it. It's way more awesome. And, and, and <laughs> what, what model is it so people, people know? Yeah, it's a, it's a Super 73 uh, RX. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the flagship model, the new one with well, everything on there that, that you want uh, when you ride an electric bike. And I'm planning to, because it's a red one, I'm planning to turn it into a Tesla kind of like themed uh, bike. Yep. So it's going to be crazy. Is that like, like a, I, a I basket actually, at the front with the streamers? Yeah, no? with a belt. <laughs> um, but I, I actually bought a Super 73 myself after trying Nathy's when I visited him. That's how cool these bikes are. Um, so yeah, I can attest to how awesome they are. Yeah. I'm very, very jealous he's getting the new one, though. I can't justify getting the new one to my, myself just yet, but it's super sick. So it was looking so, forward to when you get your hands on it. It was so romantic, you know, driving with Mike, you know, like I was sitting at the back, you know, holding him like tightly and he was driving <laughs> through the town, you know, it was like the most yeah. awesome thing ever. That's very true. It's a moment I'll never forget. Mike is not denying it. That's the best <laughs> part. Like you said. Uh, it yeah, was magical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that is Nathy. Next up, our special guest this week from the team that brought us both Firewall and Solaris, it's Shabs from First Contact Entertainment. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. So awesome. So awesome. So looking forward to talking all about Solaris with you later on, because uh, like Zim said, we, we all played together as a team uh, and we absolutely dominated Viper and GT. So that was cool. We'll talk about just mentioned that a couple of more times. Yeah, I just want to get that episodes. in there again. You know, it'd probably be the only time in my lifetime that I beat Lonely Viper at anything. <laughs> so I just want to stress, you know, that we did it. Um, but yeah, it's great to have you on the show. Have you got anything that you've played recently or anything you've done in VR that you want to highlight and share with us today? You know, in VR, I've been, uh, obviously I've been in Quest and, and Rift playing Solaris and playtesting with the team, but uh, I've jumped into Astrobot recently and picked up where I left off. And I love that game, game and it so just good. finished that first world and it, it's got me hooked. So I'm excited about oh, that. that. That game is so, so magical. Like, you know, I, I still think when people talk about like platformers, um, I, I think it even ranks as highly as like Mario Galaxy and those kind of games because it's got that certain magic to it that you could only get in VR. Mm. Um, bust, and and yeah, can... I would love for there to be a sequel on, on PS5, but every, we'll talk more about that later. Every, every time someone mentions this game, I just got to smell and think about all yeah. those levels, you know, like swimming under the ocean and things like that. It's so magical. It's so awesome. And, and it's, your... the, it's the mascot of PlayStation VR, just saying, you know? Like yeah. when, when you're busting people's chops out, you know, that's the thing for me. I was like, you, you start to do things in that game that you really don't do in other platformers and non-VR mm. settings. and some of the wave action and all that kind of thing. It's just like, it, it really, really uh, ingrains itself into your head. You know? Yeah. I think, I think Nathan, yeah. you said too, it's like that, it's sort of that, that Pixar kind of feel it puts a smile on your mm, face and yeah, makes you happy yeah. playing that game. How, how, how yeah. was it like the first time you saw like this Astrobot like jumping out of your controller and be like, Hey, I'm in here with my friends. <laughs> you, you know, I was at a, we were at game 
Gamescom showcasing Firewall, and it was right next uh-huh. door to us in uh, in Cologne, oh. Germany. And I was like, "What is this game?" It looked like a uh, platformer, and I didn't realize uh, what it was until I put the headset on, and he waved at me, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, this is incredible! I'm gonna pick this up." Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, one of those it's, like it's gems awesome. of VR for sure. Absolutely, absolutely, and the boss fights are phenomenal. The boss fights are amazing. Uh, totally recommend it. And it was on sale recently. It was super, super cheap. How much was it, Zim? I can't remember. I think. I think it was eight dollars or like five pounds. It's just like for that for that money, it's a it's a steal. But it, it yeah. proves that you know uh, gamepads in VR are still super relevant and can really push it to the next level. Where yeah. you know in the in the PC VR scene, it's like you know because controllers don't get tracked inside your environment, they are kind of boring mm-hmm. and dead but in in because playstation made it trackable that's amazing and i hope they do it with the playstation 5 too it's great it's really cool in the chat uh, jablo is asking which is better oh. astrobot or moss oh don't uh, make me choose oh. don't make me choose no <laughs> astrobot um, see see i i think quill is is more adorable um and i feel more protective over her but oh it's so hard but i think astrobot is a better platformer I'm sorry to say. Yeah, I think I agree. Well, I think for if you're really into platformers, you want to go with Astrobot. But if you want like a bit more of like story, indeed, like an involving yeah. storyline or something you connect to a little bit better, I think Moss is the one. Moss is the one that I would choose out of the two if I had to choose between uh, so those hard. two. I think the the moment that you reach out and you can feel Quill's heartbeat, like that's a real magical moment that I loved mm. about that game. So um, yeah. it's very tar- hard well, to choose between the two. No, yeah. no, no one's saying Lucky Steel. No, not relevant anymore. No. Who? No. Who? <laughs> Are we talking no. about him later? Former Lucky Steel, yeah. The, the second the second they made a game that was a sequel that wasn't in VR, then Lucky was dead to me. <laughs> yeah, to be honest. Wow, yeah. sad story. So, uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Mike uh, from Virtual Reality Oasis, host of the show. Uh, but let's find out what the, uh, the chat have been up to this week, because they've always got some uh, epic suggestions, and let's see what... Yes. They've been playing this week. Yes, very epic indeed. We have David Peters, who uh, is still playing No Man's Sky VR. He says the new update looks awesome. Is that the update where they, like, updated or, the... Yeah, it's Origins. I'll talk about it later. You know, okay. Highlighted as one of the mentions cool. in the releases. Sure. Um, then we have Dave the Psycho, who played tons of Solaris. Um, he checked out the co-op update for Death Horizon. Mm-hmm. Death Horizon is that zombie title? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, that's right. I don't know if it's coming to Quest. Are they going to? I mean, updating it for Quest too, not like coming because it's coming anyways. I thought it was uh, already on Quest, but maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I think it's on no, Quest. No, no, no. It it on... I mean, like, are they going to, of course, like make more Updated. updates? Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, so he also played Walkabout Mini Golf, mm-hmm. uh, Pokemon VR, Shadow Commander, and finally finished Falcon Age. So if nice. you're looking for a nice game on, uh, well, PC, PlayStation VR, and now also on the Quest, then Falcon Age is a really neat one that I think came out at the wrong moment a week before the Quest 2 got announced as far as I know. So I don't think most people even remember this coming to the store. So uh, there you go. Um, and then uh, last but not least, we have Objective Anomaly, who replayed Alex with uh, Force Fidelity Level 8, using the startup console, and he says it looks way crisper. Wait, what is Force Fidelity? Is that a mod? You guys know? Um, I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe this is just a, uh, a standard setting in the game where you can just bump up the, you know, the, the resolution, the, the, but... Hmm. 
Yeah, if know. you can explain more, that'd be that'd be great. We've also got um, yeah. Sergio Franco flexing in the chat with his NVIDIA 3080 that you got this week. Oh, wow. Very, That's... very, very jelly. Very jelly. Mm. Unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, good work, <laughs> chat. You, you've, you've, you've made us proud this week. Um, so obviously, uh, Solaris was a highlight pretty much all across the board this week. So we're going to save that to the end of the show uh, to talk to Shabs about it as well. Uh, so let's get straight into the news. And I've got some really interesting and exciting news um, to talk about straight off the bat. And this is um, about the Oculus Quest 2, as it's kind of got a hidden feature that not many people necessarily know about at the moment, um, but it is very, very exciting. And that is that the headset supports Wi-Fi 6. Um, now, this was confirmed this week on Twitter by Bruno Senden, who's the director of wireless at Facebook Reality Labs, uh, after our friend Tyriel Wood was trying to get the answer directly from Qualcomm. As we know, the, uh, the Quest 2 has the brand new XR2 chipset from Qualcomm, so we were hoping to get the answer from them, but we got it from Facebook themselves. Um, so what is Wi-Fi 6, I hear you all asking? Well, to put it very simply, it's the next generation of Wi-Fi, which is not only faster, but also more efficient. Now. There are some routers out there available on the market now which uh, support Wi-Fi 6. So the second I found out the news, I was like, oh, I've got to test this for science. I ordered one uh, from Amazon. It arrived the next day and I put it to the test. Um, if you're interested in the one I bought, I, I bought the Asus um, AXRT86U, which costs around £230. Um, so it's quite expensive um, for, for a router. Uh, if you're looking for a Wi-Fi 6 certified router, they tend to be a bit more expensive because they're, they're generally marketed as like gaming routers. Um, but there is one app in particular on Quest 2 that really this feature is going to benefit from. Um, any of you want to take a guess at what app this might be? Go on, Rowdy. Virtual desktop. Congratulations, Rowdy. Got it wow. in one. Virtual Pay desktop. Attention. Exactly. So for those of you out there that use virtual desktop with Quest 1, you'll know that when you connect to a 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi connection, your speed will generally cap out at about 866 megabits per second. Um, and that's the kind of cap that you'll reach on that uh, headset and the 5 gigahertz um, bandwidth. Um, however, in my testing using Quest 2 and Wi-Fi 6, I was able to cap it out at 12 100 megabits per second uh, on virtual desktop so a nice little wow. boost in wow. performance there yeah so what does this actually mean well it means that our friend guy over at virtual desktop will be able to take full advantage of this increased speed uh, taking advantage of the quest higher resolution and also the 90 hertz capability in the future and you're going to have a very nice smooth experience streaming pc vr content wirelessly to yeah. your quest 2 which is totally epic. and really quickly uh the chat is mentioning that it's wi-fi 6e that you want uh, because that is wi-fi 6 on the 6 gigahertz band but wi-fi 6 is just 5 gigahertz and 2.5 gigahertz apparently so uh, I'm, not, they, I'm not familiar with that so um what they said was it was like two by two um if that means anything to you in the chat that's what they said from facebook the configuration was um but in my testing like i said 12 mega 1200 megabits per second and I was able to get using Quest 2 and the router that I purchased. When I tested the Quest 1 with the same router, it only capped out at 866, which must be a limitation of the Quest. Mm. So there is a bump in performance when you combine the two together. So all of this together uh, means that it's cheaper than having to buy a fiber cable. Not necessarily. It would still be cheaper to buy the $80 fiber cable, um, 
but you just get the benefit of being wireless. Of course, the benefit yeah. of using a fiber cable is that it will keep your headset relatively charged during your play session. Uh, obviously, it doesn't keep it 100% charged. It will drain a little bit, but albeit very slowly. Mm. Uh, of course, if you're playing wireless, then you're just going to drain your battery. But if you maybe buy the Elite battery strap, then that might be a good uh, solution if you're going to play I'm, wirelessly I'm using virtual desktop. Curious. We have if a guy in the to... chat himself uh, well, as well, by the way. I was just going to uh, say, Got a question for him actually, because is this is the software not automatically at present limiting the the upper bandwidth on their highest uh, setting of virtual desktop? Like, so I've been I've been testing a a, a, a beta build, um, okay, which unlocks the, the the new speed. Cool. Yeah. Um, really quickly though, because uh, we need to be clear on this, uh, we have Guy Golden in the chat saying that the Quest Two has Wi-Fi six and not Wi-Fi six E. So okay. I believe that what you said initially was correct. Well, all of this yeah. sounds like we should just invite him over again uh, when the quest is finally out, the new one, and then uh, talk about this. Yeah, and I think it's important to stress that, you know, right now um, in my testing using virtual desktop with uh, Quest 2, it's running at the same resolution as Quest 1 right now. Um, and we're just waiting for, you know, more development time in terms of virtual desktop to push out an update to take full advantage of it. Mm -hmm. and I, I would expect this to come you know, after release and people start getting their headsets, uh, you know, maybe end of October. But, you know, all, all I'd say is that it's just it's just very, very promising. Mm -hmm. It's great to know that this feature exists and that, you know, we're yeah. going to be able to have that little bit of extra headroom in terms of uh, speed. Um, mm -hmm. And that, you know, I'm sure Guy is going to be able to work his magic and take full advantage of that um, when, uh, you know, people get their hands on the Quest 2. So I think it's a great alternative, particularly if, you know, Playing wirelessly is, is is really great, and and if you think about it, back in the day, you know when everyone was using like a, a Rift CV one, you know we were spending like four hundred pounds on a what was it a t what was it a TP cast, you know, to play oh, wirelessly back then. Oh um, my God. And now, you know, this for the same amount of money as a TP cast, you can buy a Quest Two and a, and a Wi-Fi six router probably, yeah, and uh, and have the same experience. But I think uh, the benefit here comes from the fact that a lot of North American ISPs, although. I would say under normal conditions, the ISP, the box that you get from the ISP isn't as performant. In the States, in a lot of the major cities, you get a Wi-Fi 6 enabled router uh, as it is. Um, and just a small part of my brain is shouting at me. I think it's pronounced Guy Godin, not Guy. And we keep saying yeah. Guy. And then it's French. <laughs> and then I'm sure the Americans there are like router, like router. <laughs> but, <laughs> router, router. But, 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 Bosch or Makita? Which one did you recommend, Mike? Bosch, Makita? <laughs> so but, just, just to be clear as well, like not all Wi-Fi 6 routers are made equal because um, Guy did actually order one that was certified as Wi-Fi 6, but it turned out not to be. So yes. um, if you're interested, the one I bought again, Asus AXRT86U. Is the one I bought. So yep. that means basically that you can play wherever you want and the PC doesn't need to be close to you because that's the thing with a fiber cable. You need to be next to your PC to yeah. be able to play on that. But when you want to play downstairs or you want to play upstairs or somewhere else, then you can just do that without... It's Yeah, and <coughs> I think that, that's the one feature. One question with testing on this, Mike, because uh, I've done extensive 5G uh, experiments in, in my place as well. And again, it's a European house, not an American house. That means block walls, not you know wood paneling. <laughs> Uh, which matters for throughput, particularly at a higher frequency, because it's less penetrative. So, for instance, in this room, or room one wall back, I can play fine on 5 gig. If I go downstairs, uh, mm -hmm. or downstairs across the way, mm -hmm. no good on 5, 5 gigahertz. I can get a 2.4 gigahertz signal, no problem. How far away have you tested on 6? Six... Literally, like, 
two, three meters away uh, in my yeah, office. Oh, so I, I will test it. I haven't tested it yet. No one's mentioned that yet. I haven't thought about that myself. So, because um, it's not like a, a use case I would normally use it with, uh, but I will test it for you and I'll give imagine, you the answer. Imagine the, his, his neighbors sitting like in their front yard and suddenly Mike walks out with his headset and he's like, oh, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Infinite space, infinite internet. Let's go. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, I think it's very promising. You know, when when Link comes out of beta, virtual desktop, get these updates, we're going to be uh, we're going to be spoiled, I think, in terms of the quality Ooh. of these uh, these streaming solutions. I think it's going to be great. So I thought I'd let everyone know about that. Uh, of course, as soon as we get more information and the updates start rolling in, I'll keep you all updated. But some exciting news for now anyway. Um, next bit of news uh, is going to be good for those of you out there that pre-ordered the HP Reverb G2. Any of you uh, end up pre-ordered in the end after we had Terriel on the show, got us all super hyped for the headset? No, I was also I want, very tempted. I, 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 I want it. I just think, again, like I, with the Quest news coming, um, I held. And now having seen it, it's like, will I need it? You know, yeah, that's the that's the hard that's the hard question. We'll see, because I know now, like the fact that the Rift S is running up against a dead end wall now mm-hmm. makes me very interested if for, you know, specifically desktop purposes. Well, I want it. It's such a sexy headset. And I think that everyone who's angry at Facebook right now has a great target in the G2. So. Yeah, it's a good option. Of course, it is PC only. Um, but, you know, Tyriel uh, was very impressed with it. He sort of, you know, recommended it as a headset. Yeah. Uh, he was particularly impressed with the audio, which was borrowed from the Valve Index and the high resolution displays of 2160 by 2160 per eye. Exactly. Uh, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. Mm. And we also know that Windows MR is going to get first access to Microsoft Flight Simulator True. when that gets its VR update later on this year. So that's going to be interesting. And, and I think what's most important, what, what we shouldn't forget, is that uh, HTC has not been able to, you know, sell, well, decent headsets for a while now. Uh, and because of that, HP has taken over their place and yep. is now kind of, you know, uh, holding the fortress of, of what we call PC VR. Um, and it's nice that they are there because I don't know what would have happened if HP was like, yeah, whatever, you know, we'll not make a new one. And then HTC completely flopping with, you know, the Vive Cosmos. It's like, what else would there, would there be, right? Um, yep. Of course you have Valve, but I mean, we're talking about like someone who's actively wanting to do stuff in the VR scene. Um, so I think that's great. I think it's really nice that they're there. Yeah, absolutely. And we got some updates from them this week in a blog post um, telling us about the shipping uh, because that was the thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you pre-ordered, you were kind of a little bit in the dark in terms of when you were actually going to get your headset. But they mm-hmm. finally gave uh, the, the sort of customers their answer this week. And they said, uh, customers who have already pre-ordered the HB Reverb G2 can expect to receive their shipments this fall starting in early November 2020. Mm-hmm. Pre-orders are expected to be prioritized prioritized for the time and date the order was made to our channel partners. Wow. Demand has been high, so all pre-orders made starting today, September 24th, will start arriving to customers from channel partners in early December. So if you want one now, mm. you're going to be waiting a little bit longer. Um, someone asked in the chat what the price was. It's 599 in US dollars, uh, which is an excellent price for this headset considering the resolution of the displays. Um, one thing to bear in mind though right now is that the models that are out in the wild that Terriel has uh, and MRTV has are their pre-production models so we need to bear that in mind Um, I really want to wait personally until someone gets hold of the final version of the unit because from what we saw on the pre-production model it felt very plasticky and you can hear the plastic creaking Mm -hmm. Um, and build quality is very important to me so 
Hopefully, like, fingers crossed. Yeah. If, it, if it's if it's good, you know the the final uh, model, and let's say people are like, yeah, this this is great. Like the speakers, like I I am like completely addicted now to like good audio in VR. Like the Valve Index is like you know a master in that. So I'm like, wow, I want that. You know, um, it's and it's just that the next power move that HP needs to make is build a platform and start making some games because you're still stuck with Steam VR. And I mean, Steam VR does get updates from time to time, but it does feel ancient compared to what Oculus is doing with their platform. So if they're smart, they throw some money into making I don't know like a, yeah. a game based on on the printers they usually produce about the history <laughs> or whatever. I don't, I don't know. I don't think they'll do that. I don't think they'll do that. No, do that. No, 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 no. I know, but it's like that yeah. would be a good step because you get the headset, but you're still stuck with the same software. But it's with every yeah. PC VR headset basically. Yeah, that's right. But, but I think you can use Revive at least and still, you know, play the. But then you're still stuck with Facebook. So if you don't want to play Facebook, then you can't use Oculus. Biggest uh, problem with that headset. I mean, you mentioned the audio. Do you guys know what mic it it has for pickup? Because I think that's a really important. Yeah, so that's part that's now. the thing. Like, it's not the same microphone. That's what they said. Yeah. As the so that makes Darn. me a little bit less interested because the microphone of the Valve Index combined with the that's speakers insane. is like. Mwah. Wow. Yeah, it is. But but the controllers is the weakest part of that package, in my opinion, because Windows oh, yeah. MR as a specification, and this is this is my my main curiosity. It, when you sign up to develop for Windows MR, are you committed to to using that tracking control system? Because obviously you've got you know different different players have their control schemes that work with Steam VR, and I think that's a really important backbone. But honestly, if they can get away from those controllers, I'd be way more interested in the headset. If they could get to something that's more accurate, even if it was outside-in tracking, like, I, I just, those controllers, I, I have no interest in them. Especially when you consider the battery life as well, because the battery life on the Windows MR controllers hasn't improved, and they've confirmed that with the Reverb G2. Um, you know, you, you're going to get burned through a couple of batteries each controller in a matter of days. It's just so big. And if you like. if you look at the improvements that Oculus have made with the, the new batteries and, uh. and the new controllers, like, I think my batteries in the new Quest 2 controllers are still at mm. 80%. Like yeah. they they made them four times more efficient. Well, at least than how they did that. At least they they made it like subpar to how the controllers look like, you know, on 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 the Quest and the Rift. So you know, game wise, they are still matching more than they did before with the previous controllers. But yeah, I yeah. totally agree. Like they're very hungry for battery. Uh, so yeah, and I think um, you know you're also going to have to remember that you're going to need a beefy GPU to power this headset, you know, especially if you want to play games like Microsoft Flight Sim, you know, you're really going to be want to pushing like the latest, you know, RTX 2080 Ti or maybe a 3080 or, you know, no, if you've got the, super but, deep pockets, but, go, but go still, full hog on the 3090. But still, like, you know, um, I'm, I'm like this week, I jumped a few times from my uh, Oculus Quest 2 to my Valve Index. And every time I put my Valve Index on, I'm like, oh my God, this is, this looks so much better. This looks great. This is just, you know, even that this headset, but my God, the display. And I think it's the same with the G2. So if you're a PC VR enthusiast, you still want to have it. And there aren't many options because PC VR landscape is, is not the most, you know, exciting thing right now. So HP is the only one this year that really says like, hey, we make headset, we sell hardware, you want it, here it is. No one else, yeah. no one else. So it's like, it's an opportunity of a lifetime, I feel like. Even that, yeah, the price is high and you, you need to spend a lot of money to, but yeah. It's great. It's, it's going to be worth stuff. it in the end. So long yeah. as content creators do adjust the offset to the controller types, I think that's the biggest worry, right, with the consumer. It's like, well, if it's jumping so often, X amount of game support, 
these controllers and you have to use revive or some sort of alternative for these other headsets i think that's we need some unification there where where the support is at least in line with the controllers that's why i like the quest i mean i'm not gonna lie when i saw yeah. the controllers i was like at least they're similar i don't have to like relearn things yeah. or we as developers make it easier because we don't have to adjust too much of the controller animations and uh controller positions in general yeah, I think you know the new, the new controller design is certainly an improvement because they've they've added a layout that looks very similar to the Oculus controller. So hopefully it doesn't cause too many problems for developers, uh, and at least there's some parity there. And hopefully if more third parties start making like this kind of what I like to call second generation Windows MR headsets, that they kind of follow that 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 guideline. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. But certainly I think you're right. You know, Nathy, that the HP are kind of leading the pack right now in terms of like PC VR. Um, you know, obviously the index is super, super high end, but you've got this nice middle of the road option now. Yeah. Um, the the Cosmos could have had its own little space in, but it kind of they 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 yeah, totally no. messed it up with the Cosmos. So yeah. I think the G two will probably reign in that kind of middle of the road category. Yeah, no, I, for sure. Yeah, it no, does no, feel very mean. much like the landscape is like very much like fluctuating. Uh, oh, it does. Uh, like we had like the in, we had first HC Vive, we had Oculus, who were really like the key players in that market then the index came in and you had windows mr that came in and dropped out again now the hp reverb it feels like there's like a lot of testing going on between different kind of manufacturers mm, well. in terms of i i just wonder again like how long is this headset now going to be well, in this position that's why that's what i'm saying if hp throws some money into at least one game to make you know they threw a few throw a few million in there to make one game that would already be a start because that's why everyone loses from... The, if, if HTC made the Vive Cosmos and, it, it, you know, it's a bad headset. It is a bad headset. But then they make a really nice game. People are like, yeah, but I still want to play that one game. And that's the problem. Like, that's why, like, hardware doesn't win from the content. And that's mm-hmm. why the Oculus platform will only become bigger from here because they throw so much money at exclusives. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm hoping. I'm just hoping, like, hardware is great, but content, man. HP would be better off just trying to convince some nice people at Microsoft to push some of their IPs well, into yeah, VR, yeah, like exactly. Forza or... Well, they had or Halo. Gears. They once tried Halo. it with fucking Halo yeah. Recruit. Then make make Halo now. Make a nice experience of like 30 minutes and it feels like a movie. That would be a start at least, you know? Yeah, true. But, well, they've uh, got it with Microsoft Flight Sim to a certain degree. They've got yeah, that okay. exclusivity window. Um, you know, that's it's going to be coming to other headsets later. So yeah. that's going to be yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, really quickly, Mike, I got an uh, update as well in the chat from uh, Gigo Down on the question that uh, Zim asked in terms of range. And he mentioned that uh, Wi-Fi 6 has the same range as Wi-Fi 5 because they both use the 5 gigahertz signal. Yeah. One wall should be okay, but floors are typically bad. Yeah. Nice. Thanks for the update. update. Yeah. yeah. Cheers yeah, for that. Thanks. Um, so yeah, that is the HP Reverb G2. If you've pre-ordered it, they'll be shipping to you early November. Or if you haven't bought one yet, if you want to buy one now, uh, they'll ship early December. Nice. HP Reverb G2. Next bit of news uh, is about PSVR. Uh, as we've got some more indications that they're working on new controllers, uh, as we had some new patent uh, filings which were reported on by Upload VR. Now, we talked about the PSVR controllers a while ago, like these new prototype controllers, uh, and we had a video that showed like uh, individual finger tracking uh, on these kind of rough-looking prototypes. And we were pretty excited back then because the technology is kind of on par with what Valve are offering with the Index, you know, like that really nice uh, fidelity when it comes to finger tracking on a controller. Uh, And these new patent filings, it's unclear if that tech is in these controllers, but it would probably seem likely from what we've seen so far. 
but these new patent images they show the controller design um, and they also show that they've got this kind of like button layout and the uh, configuration of the thumbsticks and stuff like that which is really nice and i think that is the probably the thing that i'm most excited about about these controllers is that they've got thumbsticks like thank, <laughs> thank the lord um, where where was that one image? I've always seen these images floating around of like this this move controller with like thumbsticks on them. There where, is one. There, there is, is one. Yeah, there you is can one. buy that. You can buy that. It's yeah. it's actually pretty. It's older than the latest revision to the move, but, but do um, they work you can buy with them. The PlayStation VR. Uh, good question. I never picked it's, one up myself. So I've weird. heard of people using them with it, but it's like. But uh, that's why it's so old tech at this stage and you guys know because i've gone from like when i first looked at the move i was like this is so old tech come on you're gonna in the first year of ps4 you're definitely gonna revise this to picking them up and loving them you guys know i like them better than the original htc vive controllers because those trackpads, for example they just die they just die after six months or a year and a half's worth of use and then they're well, just rubbish, whereas the moves just keep on going. Well, I that, love the moves. That's that's why I liked the uh, aim controller so much because it had because it had a thumbstick on it. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, exactly. The aim controller yeah. you can use ubiquitously as a PSVR controller up until the point that you're playing a game like uh, Astrobot, right? <laughs> mm. Yeah. yeah, true. And one thing that's really interesting about these patent images is that it suggests that the controllers will be tracked by the headset itself rather uh, than external sensors. So inside out. Which would also suggest that the headset itself is inside out tracked as well, which is uh, going to be really interesting. Or because I think standalone. I, I I'm not holding out <laughs> hopes for standalone. I, I just think it would be a console based uh, PSVR headset. I don't know. They, they've seen the success about like the Quest as well. You know, it wouldn't be. I would love them to. I would like. I, I would absolutely Mike, love them Mike, to do that. The Quest is the example. You can hook it up to your PC and you can play standalone. Or, what if you hook it up to your PlayStation Five? Yeah. It's the same story. Yeah. I would love or, that. Or maybe, I would love maybe that. they've hired Kiko Dan to make the virtual desktop version of the, of <laughs> yeah, the PlayStation. Sure. <laughs> they, should, they should hire him. They should hire him. He's an awesome dude. Uh, um, but yeah, I think, you know, inside out tracking is something that we've, well, a new tracking well, that's system a good, and that's better a good, controllers. That's good. That's good. That's really nice. I think that's sure. what we've really good ever start. asked for in terms of from what we want from PlayStation because in, the content is amazing. I think there's no denying that got some amazing library of uh, of content there so you know if they can make a slightly better headset better controllers and better tracking then mm -hmm. they're going to be onto a winner there for sure more, especially more awesome, with the install base more awesome games so people were saying the crescent in these controllers is on the opposite side to the index and not having had an, an index in my hands is the crescent on the index is on the inside of your palm or the outside of your palm it's on the outside and this, these looks like it's on the outside as well. That's what I thought as well. Yeah. So yeah. They, to me, it looks like they're basically just taking a kind of index style mm. controller. Yeah. Um, so so okay. hands hands free, you're saying? Uh, it's not a hands free component. Well, Someone was mentioning that the crescent was on the opposite side, and well, you I don't was have worried to about. You don't have to hold them. That's what I mean. You, that's you, what you mean. Yeah. Hands free. So so hands free, but um, I, I was worried about conflict of the two crescents hitting each other if they were on the opposite side, mm. because if you try to anyone who's you know used a like again I mentioned the Vive ones they were terrible for gun reloads because you'd have the two donuts hitting each other you'd be sliding plastic and it's one of the most immersion breaking things to hear that lovely scrape of plastic in the middle of your play session. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm just excited that PlayStation are obviously moving filing patents working away on the design yeah, yeah, yeah. but i've never like I, it's very rare that i've seen patent news be you know materialize into direct product it's just like they they, they kind of throw the patent in there and then we get an idea that they're working on something and you've no idea what the final thing is going to look like so 
you know, whenever this is going to actually land with us, the new PSVR it, equivalent, that system, these controllers, I'm just I'm just going to be glad because I want I want a behemoth to come in and challenge Oculus's domain right now. I, you, I want you, that to happen. You know what I'm hoping is that the controller they work on, you can just click it into different accessories. So the move, like the PlayStation aim control is like a thing on itself, right? But let's say with the next gen, it's like you can just click your controller into something. It's like, okay, I'm not going to play this game. Click, done. And, oh, and like the like the Wii then. <laughs> well, like yeah. The Wii mode. yeah. It's like, oh, I want to play pool. Let's stick it into my controller or or play tennis and things like that. You know, like back in the days. No, because like the aim controller in, in shooters is great, but there's so many other things that could also use. Like I would love to play golf with like this fake golf stick. Seriously. If there's some weight to it, it's really immersive. HTC had those trackers, right? I thought that was going to go, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. They do. Yeah, they have the tennis always, rackets and uh, what is it? Like I always the... wanted one of those, like a uh, duck, duck hunt yeah, blasters, they, they, but yeah, those, I, could, I couldn't yeah. get one. They like they're, I have like, one, but they're uh, so rare to find nowadays. I really wanted one. Well, um, you can yeah, buy for so, me like, one thousand dollar. Bargain. I sold uh, mine. <laughs> you sold it. Yeah, yeah. before bucks. I moved to Canada. Yeah, for two thousand. Two thousand. Wow. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, I think, you know, we all said uh, last week when we mentioned about the prices of the new PS5 consoles that we kind of all agreed that neither of us were going to buy one until they announced their plans for PSVR. So at least, although this is kind of still very speculative, uh, at least it's nice that we're getting drip fed yeah. this kind of information that something is happening at least uh, in the Sony camp. And I would imagine at this point, we're probably going to have to wait until some maybe early next year yeah, next for them year. to announce their plans. I think it can um, be a lot longer than that. I think we're going to be waiting a year before we really? hear anything solid. I really do. Dude, I hope not. I hope yeah. not. Well, they, they have the leverage to wait. That's one thing. So. That's the problem. Sony can just, Sony yeah. just like cools it, sits back, does their thing. When they want to yeah. announce it, they will. It'll probably be like yeah. Q2 next year we hear They They, they just sit back and relax while HP is like, we got to print a new headset quick because otherwise the market is going <laughs> to be taken over. <laughs> but the good thing is that they have a lot of printers. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's how they made the headset route. That's how they make G twos. Oh, That's how they do it. So yeah, hopefully we don't have to wait that long for a new PSVR two. Pretty but please. That is the some some sneak peek at a controller design in the nice, works. Nice. Um, final bit of news this week is about SideQuest. Obviously, uh, SideQuest. If you're not familiar with it and you're new to the show, maybe uh, it's basically like the easiest software to use to sideload apps and games onto your Oculus Quest and Quest Two, which aren't available on the official store. Uh, we had the creators of SideQuest on the show, uh, Shane and Orla yeah. Harris, on a while ago. Uh, we had a really interesting chat with them about how SideQuest came about and yeah. you know some things that were looming in the future that I think we were all concerned about. Maybe they knew the answers for, but maybe couldn't necessarily talk about it as freely as they maybe wanted to back then. Mm. But since then, we've heard from Oculus about their their new plans for sideloading content onto the quests. Um, and it's going to be much easier. You know, I talked about this on a previous show. And basically, uh, how it's going to work in the future is that developers can either provide keys uh, like they do now uh, for content. And then you'll be able to download it directly from the Quest headset itself, which is uh, pretty interesting. Or add it to your Oculus account. Mm. Or developers will be able to just provide a URL link, which they can post on like Twitter or other social media, Reddit, whatever. People mm -hmm. can click on that link and download that game or experience directly to the headset. Um, the difference is now that instead of being sort of hosted by SideQuest or the content hosted by SideQuest, the content is now being hosted by Oculus. 
Yeah, because yeah, she was where... she was like the one that uh, monitored all the content. Like this is okay and this isn't, and now there yeah. will be other people involved who have maybe a different opinion about what's okay. Well, it will be isn't. Oculus involved that do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like we, we know that they have a, a strict curation process for their store, which you know I think we've talked about the benefits uh, and cons of that system. You know, the, the benefits are you get really high quality games on the store. You know, you can pretty much buy anything, and it's always going to work great, and you're likely going to have a great experience. You don't get the same scenario on Rift, for example, where there's just a lot of trash on the store. You could buy something, it might not be that great. Um, so that is a benefit of the curation yeah. process. Some of the other cons are that we've seen developers that have made really good content, but have kind of been blocked out of the system and being given very little information as to why. Mm. Um, but mm. SideQuest has always been like a kind of option there. Like, oh, if you didn't get on the official store, you've got an option there. You can be on SideQuest, you can even monetize that. Um, so it was a good way for developers to get some revenue in on a game That's that maybe true. was blocked officially. But now the question is, if you as a developer are not allowed to get on the official store, are you then still allowed to be on the SideQuest store? Because it's still the same company. Well, the, so the curation process will still be there, but it will be at a much lower level. Um, but the problem is, and this is where I worry about virtual desktop, because mm. virtual desktop... Um, for those not familiar, they they made a functionality of virtual desktop where you could play Steam VR content and Oculus content wirelessly uh. streamed to the headset, um, and Oculus weren't happy about that update, and mm. they kind of made um, you know ge- remove that feature from the official version, and then you had to sideload yeah, the additional yeah, yeah. patch to unlock that functionality basically. And what what I'm worried about is that they say, oh well, that now breaches our terms and conditions or is not you know possible. And they kind of shut the door on them. And mm-hmm. whereas like previously it was hosted by SideQuest yeah. and they could kind of like, you know, they could do the curation. It's now being hosted well, the, by Oculus. Oh man, I mean, SideQuest was fine until Oculus got involved. They shouldn't get involved with something that is like, uh, like even that logical from like a third party perspective, they should. Mm. But it's like, it will become less open VR again. And they again, shut some doors for people and... I think yeah. maybe they didn't. Un- they didn't. Uh, I think they're underestimated the um, the interest in sideloading content and well, experimental they did, stuff. Yeah, they didn't want to listen, and then SideQuest came around and they mm. filled up the market. And now yeah. they want to take over SideQuest. They want that back. And, and 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 they could or say, okay, we take over SideQuest and we just learn from them and we use it. Then we build our own, like they had with Oculus Share. Or mm-hmm. they just shut it down after a while and there is no... I don't think that's going to happen, but um, they, they are definitely interested in it because they want to build their own version of it. Well, I think the problem might come is that, they'll, that this new system will come in place and then they might close the old loophole of registering as a developer um and closing that down and we've seen some moves towards that already in some emails saying that you have to verify your developer account i think they'll push that even further potentially in the future according according to you the apps that make the the quest so awesome like virtual desktop might be in trouble again maybe yeah maybe maybe maybe. we don't know for sure but but i think think you're right about it i i I hate to say it but i mean i'm sure they are not a big fan of that feature yeah yeah. Um, but one thing I want to talk about, which is kind of interesting, is that, you know, we were worried about SideQuest to a certain degree, but it seems like, you know, they're <laughs> going to be the kind of unlisted app store storefront, essentially, for all these unlisted games. Mm-hmm. And they're going to host all like the URLs. So you can go to SideQuest and you can browse like a library of 
um, experimental or interesting content that wouldn't be on the official store because of course although this content is going to be hosted by oculus you're not going to be able to search for it on their official store so sidequest will be the alternative basically where you yeah. look at what's available there basically and you can download it directly from clicking on the urls of these like uh these yeah. apps and games but we were kind of worried about where their money would come from um but it looks like they've just had some investment uh this week which is really awesome to hear uh they had a 650 us dollar uh funding uh mm. this week um mainly from vc funding but also <laughs> interestingly from palmer lucky himself he oh, um some, he donated to the cause so and, some, some, um, some pocket money from the luck yeah, this is really interesting. And and he gave a statement actually about this to TechCrunch. Uh, and Palmer said himself, um, no HMD manufacturer should have a stranglehold on the VR ecosystem uh, uh, or uh, unilateral uh. control over what people run on their VR headsets. So when I look at SciQuest, I see the spirit of Oculus Share. And that's what yeah. we've been saying on the show for a long time is that yeah, SideQuest yeah. is essentially Oculus share of the good old days of so Oculus. He is, what you're saying is that he's concerned, concerned too, but even that, you know, uh, Palmer Lucky is, is, is uh, you know, a rich man. He can only slow the process down. You know what I mean? Yeah. It will happen. Yeah, he, it will happen. Yeah. Um, um, and and like, it's also a statement. For him, it was more of a statement than anything else, not trying to slow it down. Just like, listen, mm -hmm. you know, like Mark, Mark Zuckerberg bought my company. And this is my opinion about what's going on, you know? Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm really glad that they've got funding, you know, that they're going to last uh, longer. What this means for them, I think they'll be fine, but I'm just worried about some of these developers like Virtual Desktop. And I really oh, hope so that... you you think they will still be working? Um, maybe they, they start working for Oculus or uh, with Facebook? Um, well, I think, you know, uh, Shane Shane and Orla made it clear that they had a good relationship with Oculus. I think they were in contact regularly with Chris Pruitt, who's like the, you know, uh, what is it, director of content yeah. over at Oculus. Um, okay. So uh, <laughs> I think I think that they'll survive. Um, and I think they'll still have a, a website which hosts all this like unofficial unlisted stuff and there'll be a you know, a portal for that essentially and i think that's why they'll they'll survive um but i just i, I worry more about the developers than i do worry about sidequest at this point yeah, yeah. Uh, according to david um palmer lucky is the biggest fan of the show so uh, i think <laughs> he's watching he he's watching right now <laughs> of course hey, he is up? you know if, if you love vr then you, you watch the f rally podcast that's, that's what you do or you listen this to it a, this is a weird place to be in the last time uh palmer gave 400 grand uh, it was to Trump, wasn't it, uh, in support of <laughs> his campaign? So uh, Palmer's a weird dude. Like, um, mm. you know, he, he obviously is very important to the start of VR. He's had a very um, big voice uh, still, since the beginning still. of that. And he still yeah. is very invested in this, Al although he's moved into other kind of tech. Mm. I think I find him to be a really interesting character to kind of keep an eye on and just see where he's playing where he's moving his chess pieces i see this as that it's um i wouldn't call it a political chess play it's definitely a chess play and i think that um from my position on this there's only one target uh, like if side quest i think what we've seen with side quest is kind of apparent and it's been apparent to me since for the last kind of six months or something but from a virtual desktop perspective you know they've had they've had a sniper target beaded on gay for for quite a while and I'll be honest, there's very little that are, that'll move my meter from kind of like calm to pissed off. But if if they shut the door on Guy after all of his work and all of the people who he sold headsets like up the wazoo for this functionality, and honestly, if they're not um, if they're going to shut the door on that, if that ends up happening, 
I'll be fucking pissed. Um, yeah, but and, and I just wanted to say that because <laughs> virtual desktop and the spirit of the development that's gone behind that has yeah. been so beautifully indie. I will be very angry. I you, mean, to the point where I'll be going like, "This is this is this is a hostile platform now." I, I, Any I, other I, app, I don't feel the, the same kind of animosity towards. But I don't. I don't. And time, this is very much in line with what like Palmer has been do doing for a while. You know, he has a certain certain vision with virtual reality that he likes it to go. <laughs> that was also the reason why he sold it to Facebook, right? In the beginning, it's not because. I think he's in line with their political views on the contrary, but oh. I think he has his vision with virtual reality and he felt that yeah. Facebook was a good fit in order to push that further. But at the same time, he wants these kind of like, you know, like for example, he or uh, or the, the people from SideQuest to get that kind of experience and that kind of development yeah. continuing yeah. on that kind of platform because that yeah. is of course pushing that boundary of technology but, even further and making it worthwhile to for other people to invest in it but indeed yeah. like you said it is worrying to have a tech giant like facebook to to be you know holding the control on that yeah, but in general going going back to what zim said like it's it's not a question if it's a question when it's gonna happen and if zim is pissed or not they don't care so but they bought the keys. They bought the they keys to the house. So of course they fair enough, right? Like they, the amount of money they've been funneling into this platform and the greater good, unfortunately, ends up overriding. So I, mean, I understand that, and I, I agree just, with you, Nathan. Like I just hope that, when, that if. I just hope that Gee finds like he's very good at what he's doing. So he finds you know a place where they do appreciate what he's doing, and wherever that is, we'll see. Time will tell. But of course, the community well, will not I be happy when it happens. Is, I think what Zim is trying to point out is that. People like Guy are important for the entire platform. Yeah, but fellow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless for, for us, of regardless of if, if yeah, no, 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 no. I think for the entire platform, I think Guy has been pushing the boundary on virtual reality ever since he started creating yeah, virtual yeah, yeah. desktop. And I think if if Facebook would not value a person like that, regardless of whether they you know push out virtual desktop, but someone who has experience in developing something like that can probably make a lot of other different interesting technologies things as well. And if we lose people like that on developing a platform like this, I think we all lose out on that. Well, and the I thing think no, that is something that but that's that, that, that's the Facebook problem needs to realize yeah. and that is the uh, kind of the story that palmer's yeah, yeah. is is even whether you agree with the guy or not like no. uh, th that is the kind of thing that he's pushing forward so well, that's, that's why you're putting money in 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 in, in side quest not specifically because of side quest because the people that have been working there if they don't get that money they also can't continue working on other things mm. yeah so we'll we'll soon see you know i'm sure <laughs> yeah. this um this new um side loading process is going to be uh, pushed out relatively soon so I'm sure we'll have the details then. And of course, we'll uh, keep you updated with the latest news around that. But, you know, it's good to hear that they got investment. I'm glad that Lucky himself is getting involved and, and backing the cause as well. So yeah. thank you to him. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, keep you updated over the next coming months and weeks uh, once we hear anything new about that. Um, so that is all the news this week. We've kind of rattled through it, which is really good. It's going to give us plenty of time to talk to Shabs, uh, which is what we're going to get into right now. Um, so uh, let me introduce him again. This is Shabs from First Contact Entertainment. 
the developers behind the excellent Firewall Zero Hour on the PlayStation VR. Uh, we talked about that game regularly on the show about how great of a shooter it is. Oh, yeah. We were just we were just disappointed that it never came to any other platform, but I'm sure it was like you know exclusive to PlayStation. But at least now we've got Solaris, which is on Quest and on Rift as well. We've been playing it this week. We had an absolute blast as a team. Uh, I just want to highlight again that we beat the Lonely Viper. We can't, like, the, I think to be fair to him, uh, for those who don't know, Lonely Viper is one of the best, like, FPS players out there. He is um, incredible. In terms of VR creators. The guy was reviving, right? He wasn't on one of the platforms that we were on. So don't from give him any excuses. No. From a non-native Jesus. support, what are you I gotta doing? say... Dude. You, you we gotta go toe to toe with the guy if you're gonna come win. On. He was playing. Uh, come on. This game, this game, like yeah. that's that's the nice part about Solaris is that it's so straightforward gameplay wise. There isn't much you need to learn um, because they're like the reloading mechanics happen by themselves, and it's like you know you jump in. It's easy to learn <laughs> but hard to master. So that whole excuse Zim is trying to make. This guy, yeah. let's find someone else yeah. on the podcast because yeah. he's, 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 he's want to try yeah. it and come at me. You're backstabbing, at me, us. You're backstabbing us now. <laughs> after after three years, this is your moment to backstep us. That's the most silly moment now, ever. When, 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 when you're an Olympiad athlete, and this comes down to anyone who's a, who's a, a Twitch FPS player, and I don't mean Twitch, I mean like Twitch emotion. Uh, you wanna, you want them to have this is this is down to the like low ping bastards conversation that we had in the '90s. You know, I I think that you know, Viper GT the the operators as a team, we definitely beat them. Don't get me wrong in that. We we totaled those guys, but I think if we gave them a second round and we were all on similar platforms. They might toast us. So that's he made all I'm his saying. choice. He oh. made his choice, and he made the wrong he, choice. He played an, on increased resolution. Even he, sure. he saw the yeah. pixels better than I ever did. I didn't. I didn't even see pixels yeah, the yeah. first two rounds. God yeah. damn it! You know what's funny? Since we played, I ran into GT on like random arrangement in Solaris just yesterday while I was just cranking at the game, and it, I just it, you know you digitally like look at somebody, and he was the opposite <laughs> team, and he, it's like uh, he's pre gaming for the next match, he's preparing for a rematch, and so anyway. am I, and unfortunately he was kind of kicking my ass a little bit. So good can job, I also GT. can I also just highlight that we wanted to play more, but they just stopped playing uh, out of nowhere, and we're like, okay, next match quit please, they and they're like, oh, and they I don't want to play anymore, quit, but they probably did. Yeah, they probably yeah. rage a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was out of time. And that has nothing to do with a platform, by the way. Enough of us flexing about our win anyway. <laughs> Not like we've done it enough in, in our group chats. Um, <laughs> let's talk to Shabs. So, uh, Shabs, maybe we should start with, like, um, you know, how we normally start with developers that come on the show. Because I think it's always an interesting story to tell. Is like, you know, what was your sort of history um, prior to getting uh, involved with First Contact Entertainment and how did you end up sort of getting into the VR industry uh, in the first place? I think that's always a good place to start. That's, yeah, it's a, it's a long road, but it's a long road back, but it's, uh, I'll do a TLDR of how I came into contact with First Contact uh, was sure. really back when I was still at Treyarch. Um, I had met Hess Barber, our CEO and president of First Contact there. And uh, we worked on Black Ops 2. So that's when I first met him. And then after I was at Treyarch for a while, I, I had left and uh, joined his team working on The Walking Dead and uh, some John Wick VR content. So uh. that that then turned into First Contact when we uh, – a studio closed uh, out of Starbreeze. So we kind of sat around and thought about what we should start our own studio. And uh, First Contact was, was formed. And that's really where it led to ROM, essentially, as our first project. 
Uh, a ROM, yeah. yeah, yeah. This was like that demo, right, on on Steam, like this really like pumped up, like graphics wise, like little experience that you made. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a, a, a pretty small content pack there, but visually, audio wise, we were trying to demonstrate yeah. what we can do uh, as this new group. Um, yeah, that's yeah, nice. Yeah. That's when we started working on a multiplayer prototype because wow. you know everybody out there was saying that you can't use locomotion. There's a lot of teleporting and room scale at the time. Uh, so we were our first thing was to do is just locomotion. Let's let, let's shatter these myths about VR and let's get but, real gaming in the headset essentially. So so how how was it to go from Treyarch, massive massive studio like insanely big like Black Ops Two, great game for sure. I'm looking forward to the new one as well. But going from that to like we have this like I I just think about like this little shed like you have together. It's like okay, let we have our own studio. Yes, let's go. You know, <laughs> like there must be a big difference. There's a there's a big difference there. I'm glad you asked that because ultimately you you go from hundreds of employees down to when we started it was like 13, 14 people. So uh, <laughs> wow. what you end up doing is a lot more than one job, and certainly banding together and and hitting our goal and just. Honestly, it's just more or less the passion behind VR. Our studio really loves VR. Does it feel more rewarding to do that? Uh, it certainly does when you're done, uh, when you finish. Like this week <laughs> felt very good, but the, the hard work actually starts now. Uh, we're we're building out Solaris. Obviously, we could get into that, but it, it's it's just getting it out and then building it to become something great. And really, with with you guys and and, and our fan base that that have followed with us since we started. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And what's what's your sort of like what was your kind of role at Treyarch and what sort of role do you take at sort of first contact now? So when I first started at Treyarch, I was actually in uh, PC tools testing in QA and uh right. I, I was working up on COD three at the time, uh two thousand six. And I was messing around with tool sets after work because we had access to them and making multiplayer maps and ultimately did a design test for the uh, World at War team for Call of Duty, and that was uh, very stressful at the time, but but I, I, I couldn't believe the opportunity that Treyarch gave me, so I, I wanted to make sure I did it uh, the way I would want to, the way they wanted me to, so that got me into the design team, and since then, we did Black Ops 1, 2, 3, mm -hmm. as, as well as, obviously, awesome zombies were out of, out of Treyarch, <laughs> uh, but coming into... You were, sorry, go ahead. You worked, like, on the best games, basically. Oh yeah, thanks. I mean, Treyarch's a big team, a lot of talent there, and, and I agree. I mean, we had there's some very cherished times of uh, game development because uh, you know we had uh, a lot of eyes on us at the time, and we uh, we were also a team that had to prove ourselves, and, and they certainly have. I mean, I can't wait till Cold War. It looks awesome. Yeah, and when when you moved over to sort of First Contact, what what, what was your sort of like main role uh, in that team? So at First Contact, we. I was lead game designer at first, and we were forming up who does what, new new studio, startup quirks. We had uh, production, sort of one hat production, one hat design, uh, uh, and then creative leadership with with Hess. And so, it it, it slowly but surely, we, we as we grew, less multiple roles were taken up by by one person, uh, which is always right. good. But uh, we're still a small team, so it's it's one of those things where our games sometimes would maybe appear as though there's a larger team and we have a, a an extensive QA team to test our work and make sure it's all solid. But we are a small team doing big things, I think. And I'm very proud of uh, yeah. what we're able to do for sure. 
And maybe sure. we should touch on like a firewall because how do you go from this like small team of, of people put together to then like getting an exclusive uh, title with PlayStation because that's a huge deal, right? Yeah, absolutely. When we had the our red and blue like mannequin looking characters in a very white boxed environment running around with uh, a one weapon and a laptop, uh, we, we we established a partnership with Sony making an awesome you know first person shooter for PSVR. Uh, from there, I think it was always just the challenges, right? We were always talking about like locomotion being something you can't do, and well, we can't lo- you can't teleport uh, uh, locomotion with with an old multiplayer game. It just doesn't necessarily work unless you tie it into the lore. Uh, so after we've done some military combat contractor uh, uh, tactical shooter, which is slower and, and more methodical. Hess wanted to do something more approachable, more more future in sci-fi. Uh, we love tech. I mean, we're making VR games. Uh, we're into something that is pushing the boundaries, essentially, and something that not many have attempted, uh, sort of like the Everest of tech right now. And uh, we aim to do something fast, um, quick, yeah. easy to pick up, like you said, Nathie. So that's how mm-hmm. Slars ultimately span up. It was, it was just learning a lot so- of what we've done doing more so 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 what are some elements that you can you know see in firewall zero hour that are and also uh, maybe solaris uh, as an example uh, that you kind of have from call of duty that you got from you know black ops and and the other titles what is something that is like you know a secret recipe that you have reused but then in vr or reinvented i think uh, a really important one is just play testing uh, honestly getting your hands-on approach to what the team is developing and, and really making sure each person understands where it needs to go. Cause it's always a first pass is never your last pass. Right. So it's always looking at it and especially in VR, uh, everything is as immersive as real life. And so mm-hmm. we've learned to really just spend time and making sure we make the right call. Uh, not always the right call sometimes. And we have to think about that while we're live and, and address issues. But um, we, we've certainly learned a lot about, Playtesting, honestly, it comes down to iteration and then looking at something and yeah. going, hey, great, the blockout's done. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it does, but repetitive uh, uh, iteration and, and just redundancy yeah. is kind of what you do in game development. People think well, you're playing a level as, a thousand times, but... It's easy as developers to live in a bubble and think your game is great, and then when you launch it, it people are like, wait, this is not what we wanted. So if you playtest, then you can constantly kind right. of balance it out. Yeah. Right, and, and in specifics, I mean, we, we developed our feedback system from COD is, is certainly something I think everyone should leverage and, and study because they do such a tremendous job at it. Uh, when you hit an enemy uh, from a distance with a certain weapon, if they have armor on it, the sound, okay. yeah, yeah, haptics, uh, a lot of those are what I believe. I mean, I learned from, from the greatest and, and trying to carry that over into a medium that... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. It, really. it certainly has that same mechanic, right? Like when you hit a player in Solaris, you you do hear that audio audio audible cue that you're 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 taking damage uh, from them. Uh, yeah, so that's that's interesting. That something I didn't necessarily notice, but now that you've mentioned it, you kind of think, of course, it's in there. You know, well, isn't it more like uh, giving damage rather than receiving? So like that's it, what you, I mean. You're, you're sorry, making, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I thought you meant. Like the thud, the the happy thud that you get. I think I think it's um it's such an amazing like game loop and actually I think one of the things that really surprised me especially given the size of your studio is how good your marketing 
looks. Uh, the videos for Firewall, your DLC in that, mm. you have like what looks like a mini, you know, Hollywood trailer that runs for every one of them. The characters, the models, the animations, all of that for PlayStation, you know? And um, I was always wondering, like, on a pie chart, like, is a third of your bar- market, mar- budget going to marketing? Because it, it certainly felt like it. Um, and the quality of that, is that something that we can expect? Or was that very much just a Sony deal? You know, Zim, I'm glad you bring that up because it should be called out and recognized. We have a, a very small mar- marketing creative service team, but small doesn't mean ineffective. They're they're pro, uh, all class all around. Uh, Nick Demke is somebody who drives that department with, with uh, an eye that I, I don't believe most people have. I think... Uh, he, he makes, you know, three glasses of orange juice with one orange, right? So, I mean, he's, he's squeezing everything out of a small team to put out something big. And, and that's the worry, right? I mean, everything has to have an understanding, and I hope we can explain that through conversations with you guys. And you guys do a good job of it in your podcast of explaining how difficult things are when it comes to game content creation and uh, all the side quest conversations. Like, people are working hard on that stuff. And so mm-hmm. a small team working hard uh, – how the well, sausage is I, made is never really thought about it. I just want to see the end product. Right? <laughs> well, what, what, what I thought That's was thing. what I thought was really awesome because I I actually visited you guys in uh, what was it like you have an office at like close to Santa Monica, right? It's like this golden spot. It's like it's like where all the tourists are, and it's like wh- how can there be like a development studio here? <laughs> Like yeah. this is like, you know, the best place in LA to be at because you just walk out of the office and you're at the beach, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But you had like this you had like this like I've never really been to a studio that was like so dedicated to PlayStation VR. There were like PlayStations everywhere and PSVR everywhere I, I looked. But then you had like this like space for the marketing team. Um, where you had like green screens and you had all the headsets and different like things that I have here too in my office to make videos with. That's what you had too. You had like your little hub between all these hardworking developers where you could just make content, record the game and give updates and community stuff. So yeah, I, I think you did a great job Thank you. with the Thank setup, you. but also the marketing. Yeah. 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 And Frank is sure. a large part of that, that, that effort too. Cause yeah, you mentioned the green screen. I mean, uh, working yeah. from home even was was a challenge in regards to developing our trailer and marketing material. So uh, in the office, it's always great to have that that space. But yeah, much appreciate. It's kind of interesting. We should we should mention Frank because uh, for those that have followed the podcast like from the very very beginning, like we're talking like episode number one, <laughs> uh, Frank was actually part of the team. He was part of our show. It was called the VR Inside Podcast back then. And there's some really yeah. old videos on my channel if you want to go check them out. I like delve back into the past. Um, but it was interesting that, that that Frank made the kind of jump from content creator to developer essentially, and and joined First Contact, uh, and it's been really great to see him kind of grow in that role as well and and evolve in the industry. Mm. Yeah, and I think it goes into how I mean we believe in the community, and, and has certainly believed in Frank. Uh, we saw what he was doing in the VR space; he was killing it, he was crushing it, and, and alongside you guys, I mean, you guys were getting the voice out for for a medium that needed it, and still does. Uh, and, and he's grown so much. I, I'm really happy about Frank, and he's still an yeah. all star. Yeah. He's such, he's such an awesome dude. Yeah, absolutely. So interestingly, I wanna I wanna ask, like, how how was the transition from making Firewall on on PlayStation to then making like Solaris on Quest, for example? Because you know, from what we understand, speaking to pre to other developers, you know, they're two diff- very different beasts <laughs> uh, in terms of different platforms. They both have their unique challenges. Um, can you sort of share any sort of challenges that you face, maybe bringing Solaris to Quest or maybe taking Firewall to PSVR and what you learned along the way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, just just making VR on a 
on any platform is very difficult. Uh, what we've learned was uh, ultimately performance is key, right? You got to be at frame rate. And we're working with an Android uh, uh, chipset, right? So we have a Quest that's mobile and tethered, and you have to make that work exceptionally well, not to mention the cross-play uh, aspect of it where people who invested into a really high-end PC and, and, a, and a Rift S that they want to carry that experience. We used a lot of what we learned in terms of simplicity, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, the aspect of our rounds, our game loop, is something we learned from and, and we'll continue to build on because it's uh, once the match is done, you're, you're back into another round. Um, we learned with dedicated servers, of course, and, and, and overall platform uh, performance, I'd say probably the number one key thing here because uh, I do want to commend our engineering team once more. It's like this thing running at frame rate in an untethered quest in my living room while someone else plays in my bedroom on a, on a connected PC VR. It, it's just amazing that we're able to do that over Wi-Fi to a connected uh, effort. So, yeah, the, the subtleties I, in it are as well are, are expertly executed. Um, from the the soundtrack, uh, from the HUD elements, I mean, there are there these are just they're minor assets to to kind of a player who's getting in and doesn't know what goes behind it. But when you see those done so masterfully, they really like give this feeling of quality and having put many hours now both into the rift s build and the quest build i actually prefer just like with onward i prefer the quest build now because it's just seamless to get into and i find i'm performing better it's kind of like the difference with i don't know quake 3 on dreamcast versus uh, a heavy loaded you know pc version or something but like the basics are all there and if you're really looking to just get those kills and just continue on that game loop it's mm. very satisfying to do that again and also and again the and again. the visuals really support like the the quest system i think like it, i mean it's been a while since i've put like a, a quest game on that looks like so sharp you yeah. know because it, it feels even though you know the resolution doesn't change when you when you switch games uh, in between headsets but mm. Uh, in between games, and that's part of but the it, environment it feels developing. Really clear. The, the the development of the environment is part of that. I mean, the crisp, yeah. kind of clear, uh, somewhat sterile environments that we have in Solaris helps with the fast movement. Um, mm. And things we've learned from from Firewall is that, especially map development, we're we're working with arenas now. They're not so much of cover that you place in the environment baked in. It's cover you now deploy. You're picking up an item. Uh, but map development is something we had to work with because, again, we're working with uh, uh, cross-play. We're working with fast development on, on how many maps mm -hmm. we want to make for, for the content moving forward. Uh, there's a lot of challenges there, but I think uh, mm -hmm. we, we, we're triumphant over most of them, and we're still ongoing. I mean, we're constantly testing. Sure. We, have, we have actually a lot of fixes coming up and, and improvements to mm -hmm. the game uh, for this calendar year, and we'll get into more specifics with Frank, of mm -hmm. course, uh, to talk so about those. So what what I heard the community say like a lot of people uh, like you know Solaris. Some people say like it doesn't have much content right now. It's pretty bare bones in terms of what you get. Like what would you say on that? Because I don't know how Firewall Zero Hour started. Like some some games start with like three maps at first, and then they like is it kind of like the same model you follow uh, with Solaris? To, to a degree, I mean uh, we we certainly are a live game, so we're the type of studio where and I hope games are all leaning towards this direction, and I feel like some of them are, is when a game is released, we don't turn our backs. We're, we're working with the game, working with you guys, the community, to develop that that product. Uh, coming out on Oculus this year, uh, and much sooner than any other release, is for us to have an exclusive 
response, right? Like have all the quest players, quest two soon, uh, to give us feedback and to help make the game more fun, more accessible, uh, get all the, you know, even, even content, right? I mean, content's going to come. Uh, I can tell you that right yeah. now. And I, I think that's one testament that we can say, you know, the track record from first contact with firewall, you know, there was constantly delivering, you know, quality content, content updates for that game. Um, you know, and hopefully we see the same with, yeah. with Solaris. And, and one thing I want to ask is, cause there's a couple of, um, sort of key feedback. I think the main two feedback points I've seen from the community of the game so far is a lot of people are enjoying it. Um, but matchmaking is probably the number one requested thing, right? Uh, same for us as a team, because like from right now, say if we wanted to join as a team, it would be almost impossible, right, to do that. Um, so, so what? Well, Frank, the, the... well, you got Frank. If Frank is like with you, he can matchmake for you. <laughs> he can matchmake it <laughs> with, some, with some Frank sorcery. Yeah, we, we we had a few troubles getting a, a match set up that way, but um, but now it would be pretty much impossible. Yeah, so, what, what are the sort of plans around matchmaking? Um, and is that sort of like a number one priority, or is there something else that's a priority right now? Or there will be some matchmaking efforts for sure. And, and you're mentioning squads. That's in current development. We're going to be yeah. Hope you know. I can't give you any specific dates sure. or anything like that but i can let you know we're working on it and it, and it will come to the game uh, it's just a matter yeah, of and revealing more information as we move into and i think it's like, i think people as long as they know that that's like uh, in the works i think they're happy to know that you know it's going to be coming down the pipeline and the other interesting feedback i saw was that um some people didn't like the two-handed um gun holding uh on, on quest because um for those that haven't played the game basically uh your hand is kind of your your free hand that's not on the trigger is kind of uh tied to the the barrel of the gun the front of it to Glued. kind of steady yeah. it yeah. uh you can pull it away but it kind of snaps back into place and some people mentioned that this might have been um developed that way for the playstation aim controller side of things that kind of ended up in quest and do you think that eventually that will separate and maybe uh quest will get more free movement of their their left hand or do you reckon it will just stay the same on the two systems right now that's the exact reason uh we're, we're going to be doing cross play right so there's 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 going to need to be a need for a unification across the board in terms of how you behave right uh, especially if it affects gameplay in any such way um right and, and there's more I feel, plans. I feel, like, I feel I I feel bad for the guy who animated the hand because the the hand is actually very well animated. It's like you know the like usually when you play Overwatch and his hand is like moving in that like you know yeah, nice way. But angle. it's like yeah, it's like stuck there. You're like I want my own hand there. But the hand, if you look at the hand, it's nice animated. It's so I feel like good. someone has been working on that for like oh this hand, this hand, this hand, and now the hand is gonna get deleted again. It's like no, no. of course not. But yeah, no, I mean we understand that feeling, especially right out of the gate. We. we expected it to a degree and uh yeah we're hoping when, when people play more they'll get accustomed to it and realize that it, it there are a lot of benefits uh and i get the understanding of virtual reality uh, uh simulation approach versus you know we're a video game at the same time uh we need to yeah. keep it fun so th that's part of it it's really just comes down to just yeah getting used to it there's more plans uh in, in regards to the hands themselves so uh, we'll expose those yeah. you know in the future but Crossplay, yeah, and and you know it's coming to PlayStation VR um, in the future, but I don't know if you've released any sort of uh, release dates or anything like that around PSVR yet. Have you? Nothing on PlayStation VR yet. We'll uh, we'll be releasing more information as we you know we're focused sure. on Oculus as it's the first week or first weekend rather the to make sure, sure that sure. We're, we're steady and stable and and we'll work sure. with you guys and, to and talk just... about PlayStation for sure. 
in in terms of like roadmap, um, you know, I, I'd imagine this is like a given, but like it's, we can expect more game modes, more maps, and stuff like that in the future. And definitely, uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's that's what I was going to ask, basically. Yeah. Yeah, definitely expect more content. We're going to be releasing more maps, and those will be free. Weapons will be free. Yeah. Uh, there there mm-hmm. won't be anything we charge for that affects a pay-to-win aspect. Uh, everything will be cosmetic that, that will be driven by any sort of purchases. Um, but nice. definitely expect content like that. I mean, you guys know from what we do in the past is never, never really stop in terms of what uh, uh, comes out. So yeah. mm-hmm. expect more in the pro season. It's all part of this narrative, right? We have uh, this being the preseason aspect in terms of mm-hmm. all of our athletes, our athletes getting accustomed to the game, reporting back. I mentioned this in another conversation, but the community is like our players association. Uh, we're getting feedback through many channels uh, and we're basically mm-hmm. filtering them out and staging how we're going to address each piece. Uh, and of course there's going to be yeah. something you want fixed, but we may have to provide context to you guys to go, it's something more important like this is going to get fixed before. And then you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So expect a transparency to that degree where we want to create a roadmap that gives you an idea of what to expect in the coming months. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, that'd be great. I, I think it's I think it's a good sign that we see more uh, multiplayer titles that are easy to pick up. You know, same with Population One. Uh, I felt like there are a lot of uh, very you know heavily simulated shooters, uh, and and we now see more stuff that is just you know everyone can join in on the fun. And of course there are uh, there is this, there is a strategy to it, but I feel like you know even if you would be in a match with of course we're still waiting for the matchmaking to be balanced also in terms of level and kd but i feel like everyone can kind of jump in into the fun you know because everyone knows how to hold the gun everyone knows how to shoot and and then after that it's time to uh, think about tactics okay what guns are better when should i pick up this or that and that's it so you're you're almost like instantly going from i don't need to worry about how i move and how i need to shoot but more to okay so how can we win you know and i think that's great uh and and i'm happy that that's more you know uh, coming especially with quest 2 because there're going to be so many new people joining vr and if you let's say throw them into Pavlov or or onward, they're like, the heck? How how is this all? You know. So this is like simple, you know, straightforward. You know, I appreciate you saying that. That's exactly what we aimed for because we we as a team actually worked on uh, titles where you have to put a mag in your your, your sidearm and rack it before you you fire, even change the safety from from safety to fire ready. It, it ends up making you feel like the opposite of John Wick, right? You, you don't really feel that yeah. great because you're fumbling the magazine the gun drops uh yeah, yeah, so we, we definitely <laughs> take take exactly what you said that's a bullseye yeah, I, I i saw people game. saying like yeah i want to manually reload i'm like well then you didn't play the game because the gameplay and the game modes they they it wouldn't work that way if you had to do mm-hmm. that and there are other genres for that you would be a different game that would be a different game because i know like like i said before like the lonely viper like he's a He's an absolute master at, at at playing those types of games, and I think that he's probably like he, he beats all four of us together in a game like that. But because uh, this this is like so much more yeah. fast paced, and like and I think that the comparison that Zim made earlier with like you know the quake of VR that 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 really goes for this one, you know, high yeah. energy, high octane, high adrenaline, yeah. very fast uh, uh, gameplay, and that that's that's just a completely different kind of game. So the so biggest I, barrier to social though that that I'm see this is the thing that I got from. Far Firewall is that you could hop into a match and you could play with people from around the world and you can really get social with them and and teamwork is just of the essence. You don't have a good time because you don't have a good team and what that mm-hmm. means is either you're not putting it in, they're not communicating, 
any team of four people who are talking have an advantage over a, one, a team that isn't talking. And I find the exact same thing is happening here. Um, one bit of feedback that irked, irked me a little bit, because I think it's a platform problem, not a Solaris problem, uh, is that is that sound you get from, from Quest players who aren't cabled in. And from what I've heard is, even from John Carmack, that this absorbing audio feedback loop that sounds like absorb, absorb, absorb so sound what you're saying, um, it's singing, isn't it's specific to Solaris, but uh, I'm hearing it from a lot of people saying, oh, why won't the devs patch this? Mm. I don't think that's in your guys' control. I, I mean, you're a XQA guy. Do you, have you heard that feedback yet? And um, are there any... I don't think there's anything you can do about it, but are there any plans around that or even communicating that message? Our, our engineering team is definitely searching for solutions there to, uh, on the VoIP front, but I've heard that as well. And, and we're planning to, well, we're going to add a prompt somewhere where it basically says best experience with head, headphones. And I think for the mm -hmm. most part, most players uh, mm -hmm. that would be playing on a competitive level do that. But yeah, we, we've yeah. heard of that and we, we do have some tickets regarding that. And I think Frank's been communicating it, plugging a head, headphones so, right now until we, we sort it. If we can. Yeah. Um, I've just got a question about competitive, because obviously, like you said, this is kind of pre-season. Everyone's kind of getting their feet wet in the game, learning the yeah. game mechanics. And then obviously we've got the pro season coming soon. And obviously, like, over the years, you know, we've kind of seen an erosion of, like, VR esports. You know, it started off really huge around Oculus Connect 4 and Oculus Connect 5. We saw a big, like, presence of VR esports. Um, mm -hmm. Are you kind of hoping that Solaris will be, like, one of those vr esports games and you know maybe can we expect like <laughs> big tournaments in the future with like cash prizes and stuff like that yeah absolutely absolutely any kind of uh yeah. tournament esport driven uh approaches we can make with solaris we want to and that's what we aim to make is is a game where you could again yeah. competitively you could play casually you could play but really you want to get your team together we'll get squads mm. you could squad up with your friends play against other people on on their teams uh and hopefully yeah. be on a show floor somewhere with, you know, some really competitive sponsored uh, teams showcasing their skills. Untethered. So, awesome. so I'm, I'm wondering one thing, maybe I'm completely wrong, but your game seems to be inspired. The backstory seems to be inspired by that. And also maybe the, the visuals a little bit too, is rigs. Rigs on nice. PlayStation VR. It, it didn't yeah. have a long run. Guerrilla made it uh, of, of all the live studios. Game. You know, they also made Horizon Zero Dawn. It's a huge studio, Dutch studio, by the way. Big thumbs up. Um, but um, but yeah, so they made rigs and it was also about athletes, but then it was more like Fox Machine, you know, where you had like your own Mac and you jumped into it. But, you know, it was like this Olympics, basically, of like teams battling against each other. And Solaris gives me those vibes. I'm not sure if the, anything came from that, but... Uh, we, we definitely yeah. looked at rigs and... Um... Uh, maybe this will, will also strike a nerve in terms of uh, Wipeout. Wipeout has a lot of Wipeout, cosmetics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Formula One yeah. racing. And I think with, with, with Hess, uh, when we were talking about this, it has a lot to do with if all the sports in the world, right, they all kind of fade out and phase out. It becomes a one unified sport where countries, galaxies, right, because we're in the, the near future with this VR inception, putting the quest on, putting the, the helmet on and logging into the arena. Um Mm. that was always the goal it's like a formula one racing you get your sponsorships on your suit and uh you could earn sponsorships and that's maybe a touch up in the future of cosmetics that may come down the line right where it's like oh i want this sponsor mm. it's our, our yeah, helmet yeah, company yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we have plans to make new helmets uh, uh updated skins for the suit and, and the pistol itself but our helmets are going to be mm. what's 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 core it's going to set you set yourself awesome. apart yeah yeah that that team livery idea and the dlc that i've seen already in firewall 
Um, I know Mike has already said it, but we're huge Firewall fans. I mean, mm -hmm. Firewall gave such a great Bond experience. But yeah, the idea of that kind of wipeout livery, you know, being able to share that, you know, getting our mm. lovely F-Reality mint green on our shoulders <laughs> or something. Nice. I mean, it would be so It'll cool be, to yeah. just be able to suit up together and go blasting, you know. But I know the team, there are teams of esports people who are just going to eat this up, which is why mm -hmm. I'd love to see it at, like, hitting a QuakeCon or something like yeah. that and actually bring people over who... Maybe even haven't even touched VR. Who are like, I'm oh. I'm sitting here with my 120 hertz monitor. You know, I don't pull me away. Sorry, 144 yeah. hertz. I think now, um, but actually bring those people, hook them, and, and show them. You know, VR well, esports. And I really think Solaris could be that door. I, I think I think if you if you don't push it too much as an esports title, but you just let it naturally grow that way, it's good because that was the problem before, and that's why it failed also partly, is because Oculus said, for example, Echo VR is an esports title. This is really esports, you know, vibe. Well, in the end, the community picks what the game is as an esport. If they like it and they start to get competitive, that's where you see natural growth, and that's where it starts to take off. Like, you can't mm. throw money into Solaris and then say, like, okay, we want this to be an esport. You can't force it, like... The community in the end makes it an esport, and if that happens, you're lucky, and then you can start, yeah, work together with brands and stuff. I like that. That's just my perspective. I don't believe in uh, artificially trying to make your game an esport. And and uh, an, an, another thing to to really get into the esports environment is when the bodies die, leave them a little bit longer so the players can like teabag them. <laughs> that oh. really drives up oh. views. Well, I, have, I have one for you, and and. You can't promise anything, but we have that purgatory state where you get taken out, ejected from the simulation, and you're in the five-second respawn uh, countdown. What, what we're testing out right now is having the person who took you out be present in there and having an emote taunt. That basically is oh, like boy. a, it's like your simulated. Oh, uh, uh, That's gonna work. Game. But then you're like, okay, I'm gonna go after him. He's my new nemesis, uh, essentially. So, oh, yeah, that's gonna instantly wind me up to go and like hunt that player <laughs> down. Just have a yeah. teabanging emote, like yeah. just a character going and teabanging. Because <laughs> you're gonna see their helmet, their their skins, and and it's gonna get under your skin, yeah. so you're gonna want to get get after them. Especially highlighting the character that killed you, I think that's really smart. Especially if they they, they look different from other characters, potentially that would be really interesting. What would also um, be super addicting, but then we get into Battlefield. Is like if you could pick something up that is like from the player, you know, something unique. That's like, oh, I got Mike's like uh, tag or something, or some kind of achievement he got, and now I got that little like tag yeah. or something. I don't know. That's, that's, that's We've got some cool. uh, interesting questions uh, from the chat. Uh, one oh. from Smizzle UK says, uh, "Do we lose our current ranks when the pro season?" Starts? Thoughts. No, we'll be uh, supporting seasonal rankings. So when, when we have another season pop up, we'll we'll be separating that. So there's always this separated. like oh, immortalized okay. in, in in a certain season leaderboard. It could happen. That's interesting. I That's... saw another thing uh, popping up in the chat as well uh, a few times. It's like, when are melee weapons coming? And specifically, I saw someone asking chainsaw. for a chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Uh, we're, we're, we're definitely going to be adding more close quarter weapons. Uh, expect a, a futuristic shotgun at some point soon. Thank God. But uh, definitely, we're nice. going to try to close the engagement distances where right now, I think we're covering a good middle ground and the pistol handles yourself up close. But uh, expect to see yeah. more weapons that fill in those different classes that definitely provide different strategies. I, I wondered one one thing, like Firewall kind of, its visuals sell itself. And if I was to say, again, as a fan of fast-paced FPS games like this, and to be honest, Solaris is first thing in years that I've, I've 
been on the hook for. Like, I, I've played it three times in the last 24 hours. Like, sat down, drained my quest battery, done it again, done it again. Switched to the Rift S because my battery was dead, you know? And that that doesn't happen that often. So the, the number one thing that I think, and I, I went into Solaris really thinking I wasn't going to enjoy it a lot. And I think it's because of how it looks. It looks kind of rather simple. And there's a, we've had a lot of, particularly from Asian developers, not a lot of quality in that space. You know, it doesn't look very good, kind of very simple visuals, uh, arena-style combat. You guys just happen to hit it really well. I mean, it, it feels great. It really taps that vein, that fun vein. And it's so easy to, to go after it. So I'm very interested mm. uh, to see, and this is probably less of a question and more just to kind of communicate it, but I'm very interested to see how your kind of your DLC comes, how you market and those visuals, oh. because I got to say, any one of those videos uh, that I would have seen for Firewall would have snagged me into that game, even if I didn't know what Firewall was. So I'm really looking forward to see but how Solaris I, gets I sold think, in that I think way. what you're saying, I mean, like there are so many studios that are really small and are not able to make a shooter like this and say, listen, we have a roadmap, we're going to add more and we have trailers and this and that. Like First Contact is a huge studio nowadays. So they can really pull this off in that sense. And I feel like... They're like smaller ones, like multiplayer is like a dangerous route still to go into. But of course, First Contact has, you know, the experience, they have the leverage, they have Firewall Zero Hour. They, of course, you guys have data of when people play and what they want and things like that. And, you know, you have so much feedback coming to you. Well, you know, other studios, if you just start off and you're like, we want to make a multiplayer shooter, that's really mm -hmm. hard. That's really hard. So that's why yeah. I'm happy it's there. But I just want to say that... Uh, it's it's just you know a challenge to make something like this. Yeah, and one thing I just want to say, if you've got any um, if you've got any last questions, um, put them in the chat now because I've got one final sort of question to ask, and I think it's really important to highlight this as well is that you know this game is released in such a unique time, you know, like with, with COVID, it, it, you know, like it, it's insane that you were able to to get the game finished and you know in a state where you finally release it and maybe you can kind of touch on some of the challenges you face because like i think the last six months for any dev studio particularly releasing a game right now must have been pretty challenging in itself yeah it definitely uh we'll say a lot about how awesome our team is regarding that because we're working from home uh that that makes things a little bit difficult right so we're a multiplayer game 4v4 we have uh headsets we have cross play so we have a, a quest to test we have rift to test to make sure it's good. We have low-end PCs, mid-PCs, and high-end. And uh, th that in itself is a challenge. And, and testing is a huge one because, again, we, we didn't do it a, a beta of any kind, but we, we had the whole team testing from their different locations. So we had some real-world examples of different routers. We're talking about that earlier and different ISPs. <laughs> so we, we, we made a lot with very little, but at the same time, it, it just took – Every day, uh, practically felt like we were living in VR for a moment and, and, and living in these simulated arenas. But every day, just playtesting. And uh, yeah, it was just a, a lot of just everyday care from performance tests to walkthroughs and with the art department. Uh, and we do our walkthroughs in VR. So you're walking around with a headset on and pointing a laser to a wall saying, let's change this up, put a color here, let's change a sponsor on this left side. So... And that's, and that's, that's part brilliant. of it, you know, the, the art department, uh, we, have, we have Jim Dargy, we have creatives in our, in our executive level from Disney and Lego and all of our collective minds to make uh, something like Solaris stand out, uh, specifically on, on, on Quest and a PC together is, is something I think 
don't know. I, I can't. I can't give enough Oscars away to each person on our team. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think you know pulling pulling something like that off. You know, and I know there's a lot more content to come. And there's a lot more work to be done. But I think you know to get the base game out and, and get players into it. You know, I think you did a yeah. great job. Thank and, you. And I think, communication. Communication is key. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I don't think say that. We got some great. The game. One thing is the where you're cross buy. So when you buy it, you're playing on both platforms. You're not hinged to yeah. one. Um, but we have a lot of social features coming up too. Uh, so just expect to see a lot more there in terms of who's playing on, on your friends list, uh, different emotes, kind of expressing yourselves in games. So just want to mention that before we are closed out. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So we got a couple of questions from chat. We've got an interesting one yeah. from Andrew Manning. Um, will there be an updated graphics for quest two? Um, you know, we've seen, you know, with games like uh, red matter, for example, they've pushed a little update up. Uh, so if you've got a quest to, it'll take advantage of maybe like slightly higher res textures or anything like that. Is that something you've got planned in the works? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, expect to see us leveraging anything that the quest two has and being very clear with you guys when we, uh, we release for it, when it comes out, what, October 13th. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. We also have a few questions. I mean, uh, a few obvious one that I was expecting through in the show as well. Uh, we have both uh, Diego VR and Max Fernandez uh, asking, uh, Firewall on Steam VR or Oculus, when? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All of a sudden, it got hot in here. Uh, no, no comment on that at all. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No comment. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Um I saw some people also asking, like, is there a deathmatch mode planned for Solaris? Is that something you can uh, you can speak about? Um, that really I'll weird. say for sure. Never say never, uh, because as we're heading into the first weekend, matchmaking is starting to get balanced out with players coming in and evaluating uh, on the algorithm side. And uh, just never say never with that. We 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 want to give what mm -hmm. the community wants, uh, but mm -hmm. but there has to be an understanding, knowing that there's only X amount of VR players and we're an online game, so. We definitely want to make sure that players are able to find a game and we don't want to split that base up, but uh, never yeah, say yeah, never. Good answer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we have uh, Delirium Drew VR uh, asking, when does the season start? Is it four weeks, eight weeks, and how long are they going to last? <laughs> to be determined. Uh, I, I can't wait to share more information uh, regarding sure. seasons, but uh, right now we're, we're just and, and collating everything right now. So. Yeah. And to wrap it up, there's one final question. Um, they said this is from Brandon. He asked, uh, "Why didn't you wait to um, Why didn't you wait to implement the friend system before release? Um, so, like, you know, why didn't you push release a little bit longer to implement a friend system from launch?" That's, a good one. That, that's fair. I, and I think, well, mainly because may, a lot of people have been waiting for the game, and we certainly wanted to get it out during times where players are kind of clamoring to to jump into something uh, online with their quests and their riffs. Uh, so for us, it's 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 definitely our, our ability to gauge how to move forward while something like squads is being developed. Um, cause it's yeah. not going to just be squads, uh, that, that comes online feature wise. There's going to be much more than that, but that's certainly our priority right, right now. Sure. And, and one last thing is, uh, where's the best place for people to give you feedback? Uh, do you have like a discord or do you, do they tag you on Twitter or what's the best way to give you feedback on the game? We have, we, we're on Twitter. We're on all socials. Uh, we're definitely on discord. And then that can lead to, okay. uh, links and hyperlinks to our, our Zendesk area where we're collecting a lot of our feedback and making sure it's surfaced the oh, right nice. way to the, the fan base. So subscribe to it. Cause awesome. I know a lot of other studios run their Zendesk. It's very helpful for people to find the right answer. 
Great. Great. Well, you know, I think, you know, uh, you know, like I said, I think, you know, getting it out in this time, you know, although it is very bare bones at the moment, you know, I think the, the fact that you've got these like plans to add more and more content to it, uh, I think is great. And I look forward to seeing how the game evolves uh, in the future. But it's always mm -hmm. interesting to get an insight behind the scenes of like, you know, developers just launching a game, because I think you must all be very excited right now that the game is actually finally out there Absolutely. in players hands, you know. Yeah, yeah. exhausted um, so, yeah. And, and hopped up on an espresso from being out and live right now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, congratulations again on getting the game out. Thank you. Um, so maybe we should now uh, pass it over to Zim, talking about some other games that are going to get their games out um, sometime next week uh, with some releases. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, uh, I'll start off because for those of you who listened to last week, um, I had a lot of feedback. I wasn't expecting it, but uh, a bunch of people said they took my uh, phasmophobia mention, went off, mm. played with their friends, mm. and they described the situation as scary AF. Uh, in, in fact, we've got plans to play that. So if you're looking forward to a little bit more F reality action uh, together, then uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. That'll be good when we can hear Nathie and Mike scream them their heads off. <laughs> Thanks for not mentioning me. Yeah. I'm just saying you're more of a man than these two guys, Rowdy. That's Row Rowdy, Rowdy would rather just sit in Discord and play scary sounds, but not be in VR himself. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's more his style. That was so well done. You guys were so scared. Uh, from the last one. Uh, Poor Shabs doesn't know what we're on about. Inside joke. Um, all good. All right, first thing I'm going to mention, doing a little bit of mentions at the start here because uh, the timing of it. So 23rd of September, we got a new patch for No Man's Sky. Um, now, they keep doing these kind of content updates, uh, and this one's called No Man's Sky Origins. Uh, kind of interesting, actually, this one. I have put probably about five hours this week into getting back into No Man's Sky. Um, I would say there, unfortunately, I was reminded immediately of the performance issues uh, that the game faces, uh, both trying to cast the game, play it myself, various platforms. Um, but what, what do you get is uh, they've actually spawned new star systems, new planets uh, in, in pre-existing solar systems. So that's there. Some, some planets are actually so close to one another, people are like boosting off of the face of one planet and landing on the other one because they're less than, I don't know, a thousand U, the, um, the distance measurement in that game apart. Um, there's new uh, clouds and planetary atmospheric kind of behavioral systems. So if you're going to land on a planet and it's showing clouds, you're actually landing through those clouds onto the, onto the surface of the planet. For uh, Dune fans, there's also giant, uh, giant sandworms that are now featured in the game, which as someone who was just playing Vox and they have giant sandworms as well, it really does get your blood flowing. So... <laughs> Many of you are fans of No Man's Sky. Uh, I, I certainly am. And um, I think it's it's just, it's content you, you don't want to miss. So anytime one of these patches run, kind of very similar to what I was saying about Firewall, there's like a, there's a, there's a explanatory video that comes out, shows you some of the key features. Um, and some of the other stuff that has dropped is like horror features for the game, you know, mechs, living ships. There's, there's all kinds of stuff in, in, in No Man's Sky. So if you haven't revisited it in, in the last year or so, like me, uh, I recommend going back and uh, checking uh, it out. So is, is there any update on uh, high-fiving people uh, or no? <laughs> you mean <laughs> punching them to death you. on yeah. a first meeting? No? Yeah. Um, oh. No, no, they haven't. I don't think they fixed that. <laughs> first time I met That's Mike. That's a feature. Yes. Yeah, oh, that's a feature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that that was a bit awkward. First time we met Mike, we were both screaming and I punched <laughs> took, him to death. Took them like hours to fight each other, and then find each other. It's like, hey, high five, Mike! Oh wait, I killed Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Whoopsies. Uh, yeah, wouldn't put it past me. It happens often. All right, next one. I'm gonna give you guys something on uh, PS and PC VR. Actually, a lot of these titles this week 
Um, mm. It's kind of like, you know how last week was all about Quest and Quest 2? Well, this week is like, well, shove it, Quest users. This is PC VR and PSVR week. So pretty much everything's about those titles. Mm. Um, so this is Swordsman VR is what I'm showing on screen at the moment. So for 18 bucks or 14 pounds uh, from Sin Studio based in Toronto, not too far from Rowdy, uh, 25th of September uh, launched a gladiatorial VR sword fighting game. Uh, for those who are fans of Blade and Sorcery, you're going to go, hmm, because it looks a lot similar to it. Um, it's got some kind of magic elements. It's got sword fighting. It's a story-driven, physics-based medieval game. Mm -hmm. um, there's epic boss fights. Uh, there's boss weapons. You fight knights, uh, mongols, samurai, all kinds of different things. Uh, you build your character suited to a play style, and you have a bunch of items that you can unlock. So oh. that's Swordsman you, VR. You said Toronto. So Rowdy could just Toronto. go there and ring the door of the studio and ask for a free key. It's only seven hours by, by train. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Totally it's not worth bad. It. Hey, dude, it's free key, man. Come on. Don't pay <laughs> on free keys. Heck. Yeah, so that's uh, that's Swordsman. For anyone who's like interested in, in, in the choppy games. That looks nice. Uh, next, now this is one that I saw and actually launched today. And I saw the visuals for this. And uh, it's funny, Nathie alluded to this about two podcasts ago. Um... Some of you will know uh, on the podcast, I've, I've called out this content before from Caves RD, which are basically walking simulators <laughs> available in VR, right? Um, in a very gorgeous kind of Unreal Engine 4 project. And there's a new one, uh, Castle Rock Beach, West Australia. You might remember Middle Sander, Iceland, which we'd covered mm -hmm. off previously. Um, and so the business model that they, they support for these, I think is really interesting. So it's free if you want to just have a mosey about and on your desktop, so you can just non-VR it. Mm. And then if you want the VR build, uh, it's $5 or £4.49. So this released 26th of September, um, and it looks absolutely stunning. The guy's work keeps getting better and better. Mm. Uh, there's very light gamification in there in that you have to take uh, pictures with a camera you find in the environment. So you find the camera, take some pictures, and that's basically it. And it'll usually unlock a part, a locked part of the environment that then you can want, you know, wander over to. Uh, but so that's Castle Rock Beach, West Australia. Mm -hmm. I certainly found their, um, the Iceland experience just really, really awesome to just lie down amongst, amongst some reeds and stuff like that. So if you're a hippie like me, uh, that'll be your bag. If you're, a, if you're a gamer and you're into your firewalls and Solaris, then uh, just don't touch it. All right, well, it's yeah. not for you. But I, I would love to see more of this stuff coming to more people because uh, Endreams made perfect, you know, where you had like three, four different places you could just sit in and relax yeah. and also interact a little bit. Um, I think it would be nice to kind of have like a studio that is you know, well-known making something like this again because yeah. people love that stuff. Yeah, it, well, it just, it has a place. Like we last week we talked about Cubism. That's another one that was yeah. launched recently. Just these kind of Zen things, really important for this time. And yeah. so I couldn't help but but mention that. So KBZRD, keep doing the great work. Mm. Uh, love that stuff. Now, for anyone who's, uh, you know, spent too much money on tech recently, whether they're buying Playstations, uh, you know, or the recent Quest, uh, any of this stuff, there's a lot of stuff out there to put your money at. If you want something free for the next month, well, good for you. Frostpoint VR Proving Grounds is a new 10v10 mixed PvP and PvE uh, FPS that's landing from In Exile, big studio behind Wasteland and the likes. Um, 20th to 8th of September, you can start off uh, this um, three-week process, uh, and, and they're running something called Play to Own, which basically, as you play the game, if you clock a minimum of 10 games per week, 
and connect either your Steam or Oculus accounts, you can qualify for a game code. I've not seen that done in but, VR before, but I would say that this is a very, this is kind yeah. of a really interesting game to play. It's very much a point control game, um, as I said, and it can run with less than 10v10, but it's a really, um, as Nathy was saying earlier, right? Like multiplayer is is dude, not an easy dude, place 10 to be. 10 10v10. That's mm. huge. It's absolutely How? enormous. How can you pull yeah. it off like two weeks after your game came out? Like, I'm really curious. But like the fact you're saying that they use this tactic of, okay, you need to play this many games tells me yeah. they are a little bit concerned about what's what's going to you know happen to their game. So like, it sounds like open... a smart marketing trick, but it also sounds like like you don't if if your game is great people will come back and you don't have to force them into doing it you know what i mean yeah and uh, although i've played it i can't comment on the play cuz i think i'm still under nda for this okay. um but uh i can just say that um 10 versus 10 i think is a very high bar we've not seen i think we've seen maybe one war dust um mm. with a with a really high i think it was like 32 players and what, and what, and what, and what happened to war dust uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It they filled exists. it with bots, well, right? They yeah, do still bots, exist, but, but bots are no excuse. Just saying. Yeah, but I, but I don't know. I'm just a little bit skeptical about this whole game. Just saying, man. Like, so I don't the, know. The, the the thing I like about this is it's 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 open beta in this period, and I'd recommend if you're an FPS player, try it. It's free during the open beta, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean you have to clock ten matches or whatever. You just get a taster for it, and then you can decide if it's for you or not. And then I think. That, that proving ground, it's funny they have the name proving grounds because I think that those three weeks are going to be their proving grounds. <laughs> the game is first available publicly. People have been involved in the closed beta over the last number of weeks. Um, and I think it really will prove. Can they fill their servers? Can they get the hype drummed up? And will they have a successful launch at the end of it? But for now, you yeah. know, you can get some free gameplay in yeah. for no, no moolah. So I, well, think that's I, mean, I mean, that's a fair point you're making. I mean, play 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 it until it's still active. That's usually what, what most people do when they play a new multiplayer VR game. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, when's it going to be more active than when it's free? So, <laughs> yeah. uh, next yeah. up... Oh, I can... thought that was it. No, no, no. We're wait, still wait, 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 let me guess. Dodo Island 3. Dodo Island 3 confirmed. You can slaughter all the Dodo Islands. With I'm excited, man. Machete. Bring it up. That's it. Uh, this is, <laughs> I've already seen a bit of this now. Um, I've spoiled it. It's the Walking Dead Onslaught. Of course it is. Uh, so, Servios are dropping on the 29th of September, which is this coming Tuesday, uh, for PSVR, Oculus, and Steam uh, for £30.24. A single player step into the Walking Dead. So, if you like AMC's show, then prepare for an onslaught of walkers as you assume the roles of your favorite characters, including Rick, Daryl, Michonne, and Carol. And that rhymes. Someone needs to turn that into a rap, please, now. Um, Rick, Daryl, Michonne, and Carol. Uh, you're going to play through chapters of an all-new story, embark on scavenger runs, uh, upgrade your player stats, manage your customizable weapons, uh, trade in your resources to grow a community, and, and uh, just have fun embodying your favorite TV show characters. So we've already had one great uh, The Walking Dead game. I look forward to another as a big old zombie fan that I am. The Walking Dead Onslaught is coming. You guys have played it. Uh, what are you hyped for about this release? Well, I mean, first of all, you have all of those people in there from the show. Well, you know, with Saints and Sinners, it's like I... Well, you have the guns, right? You have like uh, Rick's revolver in there and stuff like that. But in this game, they're actually there, you know, as characters. So I think that's that's quite interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I do hope, like you know, like we all know the Servios titles. You know, they're 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 quite like arcadey. But if you look at the trailer from this one, it looks like very different. 
Um, although they also, um, how is it called again? Westworld. They did that oh, one as well. Awakening. Westworld. Yeah. So I, I do hope it like leans more to that than like the the arcadey stuff from like for example well, raw data or um, mm-hmm. how is that how is that pirate thing called again? Oh, uh, like like I, I, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think we really need that. Uh, that yeah, how is it called again? Yeah, sea of Thieves one. wannabe VR. Battle Battle Wake. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Battle Wake. <laughs> yeah, Battle yeah, Wake. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So no, that, that, those were that was not like, a good I think, game. I think Rowdy, opinion. what you're saying is like the 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 usual concern with Servios is that um, they have Westworld Awakening um, and you have mm. HBO paying them a lot of money to make a certain game they want, and it's mm. the same with AMC. So it totally depends yeah. on what AMC said. If they want to have an arcade yeah, game to I kind mean. of sell a new season to people so they get another subscription of HBO, that could be a thing. Or HBO is like, we really want to build a future with more decent video games. And we really, but, but that, that's you know? what I mean with like that I'm, that I'm a bit like conflicted as to like, if you look at the trailer here, you know, it does look far more like like a Westworld kind of experience, you know, with like a yep. story-driven, yeah. you know, missions and like it, it feels like it's more. But on the other hand, I still have like, you know, Battle Wake in the back of my mind. And I go like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I, like I, I know. played it. I think Mike also played it. Um, like when I played it, it was still pretty rough in terms of like, you know, it was arcadey. Yeah, and, back then, and back then I didn't play Saints and Sinners because it wasn't out. Like they were the first ones to say we work on a Walking Dead game. Um, but the moment, yeah, that's what, but the like, moment Saints and Sinners they, came out, that's when they postponed their development or they, exactly. Their so launch, I hope that so. they took that development time, you know, yeah. because they saw, of course, the success of Saints and Sinners, and that was a story-driven experience. Yeah, well, and I hope that they, you know, kept that in mind and like they 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 make a game now where you're actually, you know, where you feel like you're in The Walking uh, Dead, uh, right? That's the point uh, of, of 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 this. It's interesting. It's high, you know, like there are parts of The Walking Dead in any zombie flick that I think get bypassed quite a bit. I've only seen it done in a very few indie v- VR games, um, some of which are now dead. But, like, the desolation feeling, like mm. you're abandoned, you're alone, mm. right? Not necessarily the 28 days later zombies running at you 24-7. Because mm. um, I do feel like uh, there's a bit of a like a, a high-octane volume dial that these titles tend to get. So provided there's still some in there of that feeling of desolation, and you can actually feel like yeah you're on your own in, in some parts, which mm-hmm. I felt like the the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners actually did pretty well. Um, in certain places, and, it got and, and quiet. With, you know? with, with Walking Dead, if you say Walking Dead, I mean I only watched like the first like three or three seasons I think, but uh, like I always had the feeling like you know the human threat is always like much bigger than the actual zombie threat and. I, um, I like that they did that in Saints and Sinners as well. You know, yeah, we had those kind of factions that were playing against. You had to make rough choices and you mm. couldn't help everyone. And, you know, you had bandits and raiders or whatever. Mm. And I hope that, you know, that well, they... It's not just going to be like another, like, zombie flick. Because then it's not worthy of the name of the... Well, to me, to me, Saints and Sinners feels like a game that is for everyone. If you watched the show, there are some elements in there. You're like, oh, that's Rick's revolver or that's the, you know, uh, the katana from... Uh, Michelle or something like that but if you didn't watch the show you can also have fun and play it if you didn't watch all of the seasons no one cares because it's not mm-hmm. based on the like on the universe but not on the you know the seasons itself so you have to catch mm-hmm. up well with the Walking Dead uh, onslaught it's really for the fans for the people who love the show we're like whoa it's Daryl whoa it's Rick whoa, whoa this mm-hmm. and that so it's a total different vibe and that's why I think it's arcadey because they want new people to jump in there and then watch the new season and pay another subscription for HBO. I feel like it's more <laughs> of a, 
kind of movie experience, a movie but game. Wouldn't that be else. wouldn't that be weird then that they would make an arcade experience for the fans already of the show because they would like? I oh, mean, if, if it a- is like, HBO or yeah, whatever AM- AMC pays, yeah, yeah, okay, but AMC there were new people in there. Yeah, yeah, but AMC is involved with the development of this game, and that's why I think that. Well, with the other game with Skydance, it's like they get the license and they make a game, but this game is not like if you play the game, it's not trying to sell you the season, right? Because mm-hmm. so. I'd be I'd be far more inclined after playing Saints and Sinners to go and watch a show again than if I would have to play like an arcadey yeah, kind it, of experience. Yeah, true, but then... it's not screaming to to you like watch the show, watch the show. Well, I feel like with with Onslaught, it's really heavily based on the characters that you all know. It's like oh, you know Rick, right? And you know Daryl. Well, the Saints and Sinners is like. So you, are you saying that it, that you think is going to be an ad? <laughs> that... Well, it is an ad in a way. I mean, of course, it's The Walking Dead, and and Saint Sinners is an mm-hmm. ad in a way too. But it's more heavily focused on that. That's what I feel like. It's like TV, uh-huh. the comic book fans for Saints and Sinners. Yeah. I feel like the comics might I mean, be more of a reason. Yeah, to yeah. Be West, yeah. West Westworld Awakening was also an ad in a way, but it was a good ad to play. Yeah, so, a quiet know. ad, unfortunately. I think <laughs> yeah, that needs ad. more respect. Yeah, you know? true. Anyway, yeah. like I'm, I'm hoping to see, I'm hoping we're going to be pleased with what Servios have given. So cool. 29th is when The Walking Dead Onslaught drops. Yes. Next, and uh, looking over at the pressure pot of Mike, because I know he's particularly interested in this one. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. And what I've personally been preparing for is, we are preparing for battle, Star Wars Squadrons coming yes. to PC VR, mm. PSVR, and specifically not Quest. Sorry, Quest. Uh, Does Mike have his puke bucket ready? Oh, I'm so ready. I'm so so ready to throw my ring up playing this game, and I'm gonna have every. I'm gonna enjoy every second of it. So, for anyone who isn't a fanboy, um, like Mike and many others in chat, I'm sure, uh, on the second of October, yeah, you're bringing us Star Wars Squadrons, which is you could argue either a double A or triple A Star Wars universe experience, five versus five multiplayer dogfighter in first person uh so this is not like your um this is not your like ultra arcade thing this is this is very much borderline simulation material here you get your x-wings you get your Mm -hmm. tie fighters you're right there in the cockpit and you're constrained to the cockpit you're not you're not looking at yourself from a third person all the campaign the multiplayer and everything else is actually playable on pc vr and psvr so although there's a console launch coming across you know xbox playstation etc this is actually playable in vr in an entirety, and that's probably the most exciting thing. Can I also, just can I just say that we platform. can I just say that we haven't seen any VR ga- gameplay from those trailers? It's all like two D stuff where they pretend it's VR. So we but still we have did to see. We only saw about five seconds, but I know you you know that's a negligible amount. But we <laughs> yeah. got about five seconds in the latest trailer. Um, so yeah, that's that's a fair point. I'm not <laughs> nervous about it because of what they're showing us no. in the cockpits. Um, I. You know, it, it is a game that I've pre-ordered, and I almost never pre-order. EA have gotten their claws into me. God, you did uh, it but again. Between the, between the story and um, just between the, the, the way the game is shaping out, the configuration options that you have, HOTAS support having been mentioned is coming actually not only for PC, but will be patched in a day one patch for PS4. That's no right. restrictions on platforms or controls for their ranked combat. So this is really something that's that's like got me hyped. And if you want to get even more hyped, then go watch Hunted, which is a short CG uh, f- short film that they've uh, come out with as well, which is absolutely fantastic. And after watching that, just makes me want to see a whole film in the thing. Anyway, I've said enough about the game. Uh, Mike, guys, what do you guys think? What are you hyped for? Tell so, me. 
I'm I am super hyped for this game, like beyond hyped. Like I went and bought like a proper <laughs> Thrustmaster Hotel setup just for this game, pretty much, and some like really expensive mounts to mount those bad boys to my chair uh, for the best experience. So I I'm so, I'm so excited for it. I'm also very excited for the fact that it has a single player campaign mm-hmm. that you play not only as uh, the Rebellion but also the Empire. Uh, so you see it play out from both perspectives, flying you know X wings, also Tie Fighters. Um, so I'm really excited about the story as well as the uh, the online multiplayer. Yeah, the thing that is resounding to me, just that CG video, you know, like the amount that they are throwing at this in terms yeah. of just the quality on, yeah. again, not just the marketing, but what we've seen so far from the early takes on the game, it's just got me salivating. So you know, I, I, um, I actually have a list of, of the, like, the HOTAS, like, uh, systems that are getting supported by it. Should I just read it out? Because it's quite, like, it's just a small list. It's, like, on, around, like, short. six... So we have the Cytec X52 that is supported, the Cytec X55 Rhino, that sounds like best name ever, Thrustmaster T6000M, the Logitech Extreme 3D Pro, um, the Thrustmaster T-Flight HOTAS 1 for the Xbox, and the Thrustmaster T-Flight HOTAS 4 for I'm only PlayStation just 4. now starting to realize like how weird those names sound, like um, HOTAS, hot hot Thrustmaster. Hot yeah. Like what? What? What is going on there? Like, what do you mean they're adult toys? They're aptly named, Rowdy. Yeah, yeah. I uh, get sexy up in here this week for sure. I'm, I'm super. <laughs> I'm super excited for this game. Although I have been screwed over by EA so many times in my life that I'm also concerned about them throwing in some stuff that I'm not really, you know, yeah. uh, like. Free to play uh, is is a thing that they don't really know. Um, I can tell you're super win, suspicious. Pay like to win every is, time. Is yeah because you know what they usually do like they uh, they launch the game and then for example Mike plays it and he's like wow guys this game is awesome and uh, there are no microtransactions in there and then like two months later they just like you know, slowly putting some yeah yeah no no we're not doing any micro no 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 and then they they slowly like and then the press already made their reviews and I was like oh yeah but it's a fine game so EA is like very EA likes money you know slick. so yeah uh, just saying I mean everyone likes money but as long as you just make the game and you give some good content like I just hope they they push a lot of content they give you new ships they keep it going because dude like I played the last battlefield and they promised me all kinds of maps and they promised me all kinds of content and in the end it's like oh yeah there are not enough people playing it we're not making enough money we pulled the plug out of the project you know so it's Star Wars, so it should be fine. But still, guys, EA, just saying. <laughs> I don't pre-order. I don't pre-order from EA. No. I I almost never. But I you know let's see what they do if they shoot uh, on anything in. Yeah. Okay, two more quick mentions and then we're out of here. So um, I did want to mention because uh, there's been like just lots of really good games out, and I didn't want to completely shaft quest this week on releases. So I will mention a game. There's a game called Walkabout Mini Golf, which is a multiplayer. <laughs> Uh, quest game, which which looks actually pretty decent, and it dropped on the 24th of September, so quick mention of that. And also, for our PSVR players, anyone who's looking to get themselves sweaty until you fall, uh, on the 29th of September, will be dropping, uh, which is a sweat bucket of a game. Uh, it is it is going to break you. That's all I'm yeah. going to say. And when you meet, the, when you meet like, the epic first boss, the sheer panic that will surge through your body is insane. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my God. God. I'm not, not beaten him, Mike, but I've gotten there a few times, and uh, I agree with you. There is a panic. There is definite, <laughs> definite panic in yeah, your eyes. Fun game. Fun Very game good. Sure. That, that's our releases for this week. Quick recap. So Swordsman VR, Castle Rock Beach, West Australia, Frostpoint with the freebie, uh, Walking Dead Onslaught, Star Wars Squadrons coming out next Friday. Not, not a awesome. bad week for PC VR. Great week for PC VR and PSVR as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Take that, questers. 
We're, of course, going to be talking about our hands-on uh, with these uh, games, no doubt, next week. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Thank you for joining us live. Hands-on as... with the Thrustmaster and the hot ass. Always, always. <laughs> Thank you for joining us live. We really appreciate you all joining us live in the chat and getting to hear your thoughts on these uh, sort of subjects as well and what you played uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, thank you again to Shabs for joining us from First Contact Entertainment. It's always amazing to get an insight in behind the scenes of game development. Uh, we, we wish you all the best of luck with Solaris. We can't wait to see these uh, updates coming over the next few weeks. Uh, if you're interested in checking out the next uh, show from us, it's going to be live, of course, on Saturday, 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on Spotify. Hit the like button if you enjoyed the show. Subscribe to the channel for all our future content. And we'll be back on the show next week with more VR news. But until then, have a great week in VR. And bye-bye for now.